Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers. What you do see is you go to patreon.com slash sunranto, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. And you type that little address in there, and then you say, I would like to subscribe for a dollar, or two dollars, or three dollars, or five dollars, because I want to get the music, or ten dollars, because I want my name at the end of the show, or whatever reason you're going to be supporting the Sun Ranto Show and keeping us on the air, whether it's that you want to help us pay our website hosting bill, which is coming up for 200 bucks, whether it's you want to help us pay to keep the show streaming on StreamYard, what, if you just want to help buy us tickets or beer, if you would buy each one of us a beer for doing this show per year, well, that's like subscribing basically at like the $3 level. So get it done. You get the show early, ad-free. There's perks at every level. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Please join us. It's how we keep the lights on here. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Here's the show. Kobe blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old stuff years out at the game. Let's go coffee, Sunranto With Michael Sunranto And Crawley Sunranto and the lovable loser Sunranto With Michael Sunranto And Crawley Sunranto and the lovable losers Sunranto Everybody, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. I'm Danny Rocket. We got Creepy Crawly hiding under rocks, living in a tree, uh, and uh, we, of course, we've got and uh, another uh, new, not a new face. He's a, he's an old face for us, a friend of the show. From uh, that's fucked up. The guy comes time, on, and you're like, old face. <laughs> old Look at face. him. Look old. At him. We had an old guy with us today. Um, actually, I think he's younger than all of us. But um, uh, now, every time you come on the show, Joe, it, Joe Kilgall is here. But every time we come on the show, he's got a brand new podcast. So, <laughs> so you got it is. It's always named something different. And now you're in Locked On Cubs, right? Do I have that right? Yeah, Locked On Cubs. I got recruited for that one though, so it feels a little bit better. I guess I don't know. Man, uh, the other ones I- were great though. What am I doing wrong that I've been doing a podcast for so long and nobody's ever asked me to do their podcast? <laughs> they're like, they're like, man, he's just terrible on his own show. I don't want him on mine, but yeah. No, by the way, best intro song, not just in baseball podcasts and all of podcasts. That song is fantastic. I love it every time I hear it, and you were all wonderful on it. Oh, thank, thank you. you. 
Thanks. Um, so, yeah, Michael's got a great voice. <laughs> we love yeah. hearing him sing on this show, let me tell you. There's, yeah, you should check out my, my Christmas Carol. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. It's, it's unwatchable, <laughs> really, Michael. It's really <laughs> – right, right up to the point where I start singing, you yeah, can deal it was, with it. It, it, was, it was good until you started singing, actually. The intro of the melody <laughs> was nice. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to hear – we're here. The Cubs game is canceled because it's not raining outside. And uh, so they figured that <laughs> – they just didn't want to play, according to Wilson Contreras last night, who said, basically said they're not even trying anymore. And, um, and no, it's not raining. I'm looking out my window right now. It's windy, but they, they could play. I don't know why they didn't. I, I will never in my own mind understand how – I hate to sound like a, like a Milwaukee brewer, but I just don't understand how the Cubs are so bad at this. Like, you should have, like, up-to-date weather equipment. And so it's like I've been looking all day. It's been, like, 50% chance, 40% chance. Well, that means there's, like, a – 60 percent chance you'll be fine. Why? Why wouldn't you just get people in? You say you have no money. Sell some beer. Sell some hot dogs. And then if you get the game in, great. It's there's no point. How are you so bad that this happens constantly? Yeah, I'm telling you right now, as a little league father, on days like this, the the parents just call into the league and they say, "We don't want to be out there all day." So, you know, Cardinals parents, Cubs parents, they're all just they don't want to be there. So, you know. They, they're waiting for a nicer day. I don't know. Hey, we we all see- want the seven-inning doubleheaders, right? Richard Williams tweeted today. He wanted to see Trevor pitch today. So there's one dad that wanted to see Trevor <laughs> So, Joe, you were going to go to this game. And uh, so you didn't go down there, though, right? You found out before you left? Or- yeah, I was in – it was a rooftop, uh, one of the ones on Waveland. And I was going to get there right before game time, like a lot, like one fifteen. So luckily I was getting ready. And then I got a, te- uh, the Cubs announced that it was, you know, I got that tweet from the Cubs and I was like, all right, well, I guess it saves me some time. I'm glad I didn't get in my car because that would have sucked. Yeah, you go down there, pay for parking. That happened to me one time at Yankee Stadium. I paid like $50 to park or something. And then right as we were walking up to the stadium, they canceled the game as the sun came out. I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing. It was a similar. I don't think the Cubs. It's this kind of mistake of uh, you know canceling games is exclusive to the Cubs. I think they. I think they canceled games for other reasons. But you're right. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't they just get everybody in there, sell some twelve dollar beers to everybody, then cancel the game? And you know if they're if they're always crying poor and stuff. So, well, I, uh, I don't think either one of these teams wants to be there today. You know, it's no. not just the Cubs. I mean, uh, the Cardinals also fucking suck so they're like let's just get an extra day on this you know on this all-star break and then we'll play a seven any doubleheader bullshit so tim birmingham writes in i was an irving and damon and his eight-year-old was pissed oh, i mean that's and that's sick. just it yeah it's it stinks you're coming down to the game you you're got your kids with you and you know a lot of people traveling in and a couple hours like i think there were quite a few st louis fans at the game last night so you're thinking maybe you know that you got some people in town and it, yeah it kind of sucks um they're gonna play on what is it the 24th now a yes. double header September um, 24th it's a friday right it's the last homestand of the season god who's even gonna be on the team then i mean what it's Me. like Raphael ortega lead leading off that day kind of thing is that what we're gonna be seeing well duffy will be back by the then. <laughs> all right that, that will be beyond the 60 day 
He'll finally be back. So before we get much further, I want to bring one more voice into this conversation because he's gonna he's got a lot of work to do today because it's draft day. And Greg Huss from the Growing Cubs podcast is going to join us right now and give us a little bit of a sneak preview about his draft special going on tonight uh, that's part of the Cubs Insider um, rant show. And uh, anyway, here he is, Greg Huss. Welcome, my man. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, good. Not great. I mean, you know, it, <laughs> I, I can hear that. Yeah, it's it's not it's not going that well. Um, but uh, but at least like you can maybe inject a little bit of uh, positivity into this situation because, you know, we're we're sad about all the old Cubs leaving us and stuff. And uh, you're looking at some new Cubs, and you you always inject a little positivity because we got some some gems down in the minor league system that you're watching all the time. So, um, right, tell tell us what's going on tonight. What tell us yeah. about your show. I mean, you can always dream on prospects and on draft picks and stuff like that. I mean, even when the as crappy as the major league team is, you can always you don't know what they're going to be as prospects, so you can always dream on them, spin zone it into a into a positive, right? You might right. as well. I mean, you know, it, everything's depressing around here, so you you might as well you know dream big that uh, one of these guys is going to turn into like you know the next Manny Ramirez or something. Sure, <laughs> um, or Chris. You, you remember Manny Ramirez, Greg, who we saw in Schaumburg, right? the other day greg was tweeting and i always like to retweet greg's stuff and he was talking about like some really great players we got in the minors and in case you don't know greg does his growing cubs and then bleacher nation has brian smith you know so i follow both guys and get different opinions on these things brian and i went to go to the the, the when the cubs when the south bend cubs when they were doing the off-site, we went to see them in Schaumburg, and I got to see Manrod out there. And I totally was – I had a couple of beers from Lucky Doors, and Greg tweeted out, I'm like, Greg, remember when we saw Manny Rodriguez? He's like, that wasn't me, dude. I'm like – Early onset dementia, I think, for Crawley. Um, so well, t- tell us about your show tonight, what's going on. The Cubs are doing a draft, and um, you-, you got a big, long show. You're going to go for like – three, four hours or something like that. And- yeah, yeah. We, uh, we're we hosting tonight uh, over at The Rant Live. Uh, we're taking over those handles um, on YouTube and Facebook Live and everything you guys are on here uh, for the MLB Draft. And so it's going to be me and my co-host of the Growing Cubs podcast, Jimmy Nelligan. We're going to be on and hosting that show alongside Greg Zumak, who uh, he writes a little bit of Cubs Insider, hosts his thing over at uh, Ivy Futures. But uh, the three of us are going to be hosting and covering the draft uh, in its entirety in the first round up through the Cubs' first-round pick. So uh, that starts at 7 o'clock uh, Eastern time. And uh, basically, yeah, it'll, tur- it'll turn into like a three-hour-long show. Last year we did this. Last year was the first time we'd ever done that. Uh, it was just me and Jimmy last year. Uh, and I think it was about two and a half hours long because the Cubs had the, the 16th uh, overall pick. This year they had the 21st overall pick. So we're kind of throwing a little, like, Cubs slant onto the draft coverage, obviously. And, uh, yeah, it should be about three hours long. We'll have some guests. We'll have some giveaways, all, all sorts of good stuff uh, on the Ooh, show. giveaways. What are you giving yeah. away? Ooh, We're giving away. That's gotta, uh, do what? What, Carly? That's my specialty, giveaways. I'm yeah, happy. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Carly have, does uh, like we stuff. We have a giveaway for a $30 Obvious Shirts gift card, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, and then we're also doing uh, a, a giveaway for a uh, Bodie McBoatface bobblehead giveaway from the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. So that'll be fun. Uh, we, I guess it's only 2.34 here. Um, and you guys still have time. Anybody out there can, can uh, go to at, at Ivy Futures on Twitter and just quote tweet his tweet out there. And uh, 
get in the running for the $30 gift card to obvious shirts. So that's pretty sweet. Hell yeah. And I'm going to drop this link in the chat. It's a YouTube link to the show tonight and everybody uh, can, can tune in this evening. Cause, and I don't really know much about like what the Cubs are looking for. Um, do, do you have any predictions as to maybe not specific names, but what kind of players that the Cubs will be targeting in this draft? Yeah, I think it's at this point, it's pretty public knowledge that I think the Cubs will probably go to either high school bats or college arms in the first round of this draft. Um, obviously, this is a 20 round draft, so there's still three days worth. But at pick number 21, uh, the, the high school bats are kind of like the strength of this year's draft. There's a lot of them uh, that are going to be drafted early on, and it's a pretty deep class, too. So that's a pretty safe bet uh, to go that route of the high school bats. And we saw that last year with Ed Howard, too, being selected that way. And then, uh, like I said, college arms are the other category. I, I think that the other, like the college bats and then the high school arms are, I'm not saying that's impossible for them to draft those guys, but I, I think that the, uh, the college arms are a, a safer bet than high school arms for sure. And we've seen that year in and year out. But high school bats are just the, the strength of this year's draft. Yeah, no, Greg, great. Uh, one of the things we talked about last time on the show was how difficult it has to be with the Cubs cutting the amount of scouts that they had last year and not being a lot of information because a lot of these kids, when you talk about even high school or college, didn't have a season. How hard does it make this year's draft? The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room app. Did you know that every Tuesday, uh, the members of the Sun Ranto Show, myself, Crawley, and Michael, get together for a conversation with you on the Spotify Green Room app every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, won't you join us there? Uh, you can download it for either Android or the iPhone app store and uh you know we kind of get together we have a conversation about something cubs related or baseball related or sometimes we just have a conversation with artist matt camber you never know what's going to happen over there on tuesdays at 6 p.m at the spotify green room app here's what you do uh you download it and um then you follow Sunranto Show, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O-S-H-O-W, and you link your Twitter in there, and uh, you know, pretty soon you're having conversations with people like me. Um, it's totally participatory. Oh, that was hard to say. And it's a lot of fun. So check us out Tuesdays, 6 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app, and check out everything it's got to offer. See you at 6 p.m. on Tuesdays. Spotify Green Room app. Free. Yeah, I think that, that that plays a big role in this year's draft. I think this year's class was probably even more difficult to get their their minds around than last year's because you see guys a few years at a time. And and so this year's draft class, you missed their entire year last year and probably hadn't really scouted them all that heavy the year before that. So this class might be affected even more than last year's class, plus it's 20, 20, 20 rounds as opposed to five rounds. So you can scout a few less guys in a five-round draft than a 20-round draft. By the time you get to 19, I mean, like, I want to know, by the time we reach, like, round six or seven, I will know none of these guys that are being drafted at all. Oh, um, yeah, when they, hit, be... when they hit 20, that's when they're drafting uh, Russell Wilson, just for the fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, just well, for the fun of it. Exactly. Well, and, 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 like, the, the scout's uh, son or cousin or – Yeah, someone's or, uh, Yeah, yeah Bob, Bob <laughs> Brenly's son was though? in the – was in the Cubs system for a number of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I, I think it's going to be difficult. I think they, they're they probably putting a lot of trust into some of those, like, really trusted scouts, uh, the Billy Swoops of the world uh, that the Cubs just always go after. He, he scouts, like, the, the North Carolina, Virginia area, 
And uh, we've got a lot of players from that area in the past few years. Uh, he won the, the award for the best scout in the Cubs uh, system this past year. So I think just trusting your scouts, the scouts that you still have left over is going to be huge. This is the second draft for Dan Kantrovitz, you know, since they made uh, Jason McLeod, like, you know, go fetch coffee. Uh, what are you really expecting out of Dan here? I think that he he's shown, I mean, we've seen it. I know that the, the Cubs over the, the Theo era were known to draft pitchers that, like, they could never develop pitchers. And part of that was because the pitchers they drafted were really, like, high-floor pitchers that were, like, college guys that, I mean, they were never going to throw 95 miles an hour. They're going to sit in the low 90s and be, like, a, a, a control, not even a command and control guy, but just, like, a control guy, not great stuff. Um and then we saw we saw a shift in that late uh, with Theo's time here, and then especially starting last year with uh, Dan Kantrovitz taking over. Like he just last year, he just got a bunch of athletes, like a bunch of really really good athletes. We saw that a, a few years ago with like Brennan Davis and uh, Cole Roeder and guys like that. Uh, Cole Franklin was an, another one of those guys. And I think that that last year we saw that again with drafting Ed Howard and. Jordan Wogu is a freak athlete. Uh, Cohen Moreno, their their fifth round pick, is also like he was a three star, a three sports star in high school. I mean, I, I think that goes to show like just how much they believe in having like high ceilings for some of these guys. Yeah, and uh, so what? What's the time frame here? You think for the Cubs, and and also because it seems like the Cubs are going to sell off right now, and we're going to see maybe some of these guys get a chance at the major league level. September call up situation, you know, they might be like relying on some of these Triple A, Double A guys to come in and like take a few at bats at the end of the year. Um, what is your prediction for like how soon? Like who's coming up sooner than later at this point? If there's holes in the roster. Yeah, coming up sooner, sooner than later, I, I think that you look at the bullpen. I mean, you know, we've seen the bullpen in Chicago this year has, on the whole, been really, really good. But the Iowa bullpen has been just as good, if not better. Um, and then the bullpen kind of it, it rings true throughout the entire system. There's a lot of relievers that can make an impact in Chicago right now. I mean, we've seen uh, the story of, of Ben Leeper, and he, he was an undrafted free agent last year. and He's come up, and he's made it all the way to AAA. Uh, we talked about Manny Rodriguez, Crawley, and, and – uh, just various guys that are currently in AAA that can make an impact in Chicago. But you also have, like, Ethan Roberts is a guy that I, I feel like for a reliever, like a relief prospect, they don't get a whole lot of publicity throughout, like, their time coming up because they're relievers. I never even Ethan, heard of him. Yeah, yeah, and, and Ethan Roberts hasn't gotten a whole lot of love, but I feel like um, he is in AA right now and could probably, like, like hold his own in, in, in the major leagues. So there's a lot of relief prospects Um as far as position player prospects go, not quite as much this year. I think you're going to see a lot. I mean, with a sell-off, you're going to see a lot of quadruple-A guys in Chicago. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we were joking earlier, Rafael Ortega leading off in, uh, on that yeah. September 24th makeup game. Michael Hermosillo might be your guy in the second half. That's right. There we go. Yeah. Clean up. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else have anything for Greg? I, I know you have a busy day preparing for that, um, but uh, but you know it's it's great. We're going to be talking to you a lot more, I think. Now, because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had the the so tonight you're doing the the draft special. It's just the first round tonight, though, right? Yes, just the first round, and we're only going to be covering live on the air the first round. Uh, gets well, how, insane after that. How long does it take them to get through the full twenty rounds? Is this like a, a three four day thing? Like, what are they doing? Yeah, it's a three-day thing. They'll go tonight starting at, at 7 Eastern, um, and then on Monday they'll start at 
Uh, Monday they start at one o'clock Eastern, and then Tuesday they start at at noon Eastern. So, uh, and those run all throughout the afternoon afternoon into the evening. So, th- I mean, this is a long process. Yeah, Obviously, if the first round is three hours, we're talking <laughs> five rounds, rounds in the second yeah. day. That's going to yeah. be like no. there, there's more time in between picks in this first round. It's like uh, okay. once you once you get to like that day three, like they start rattling off those picks real fast. So. Uh, that that helps move it along a little bit better. It's, it's like in your fantasy yeah. football class, yeah. and everybody's yelling at each other, like, "Just make your pick, Dick! Come on!" <laughs> uh, Greg, Chris one Brock, last, Chris pizza. Greg, one last question. Obviously, we we all saw the devastating news about Ronald Acuna the other night. Uh, MLB has seen a ton of injuries, but what's not we don't hear a lot is that there's been a lot of injuries in the minor league. Uh, a lot of the minor league systems, not just the Cubs, but the Cubs have had, uh, you know, some issues. Can you talk about those injury issues in uh, the minor leagues? I mean, I, I think that we've seen it more. I mean, not that I think. We have seen it more this year than any other year, and it's got to be credited in, a, in the worst way possible to the, the, the lack of season last year, right? They weren't playing in-game experience. They weren't uh, – playing at the same level that they are like throwing a bullpen at home or, or hitting in the cage off a 60 mile an hour fastball. You know what I mean? It's just different. And so we're seeing, I mean, there was a time a, a few weeks ago where I had my top 20 bats and top 20 arms over at Cubs insider. Um, basically a top 40 prospect list is what it comes down to. And it was almost like half of those players were not currently playing at, at, a, at a full season affiliate because of injury or because of a ramp up period, whatever you want to call it. So there's been just a lot of injuries and we're seeing that all throughout minor league baseball. It's not just the Cubs, but like, I mean, I'm watching it with the Cubs and it's been awful. I've got Big a quick name. one for Greg. Can I, get, can I get a quick one in? Yeah, please. Brennan Davis, when do you see him making his debut and what's his ceiling? I, I think next, the middle, it all depends on what the team, if the team goes full sell-off mode and they're, they're like full suck next year, it makes a difference than if they're like halfway trying to compete, you know? Um, I'd say probably next, like middle of next year, maybe late of next year. I don't think he starts the season in Chicago in 2022, but I think he will make it next year up to Chicago. He, I, I've got a lot of questions about like, what is he going to be as soon as he makes his debut? And like, I, that's tough to say because I feel like right now the difference between AAA and major leagues is just so insane. Like we, we've seen it with like Adam Morgan and Adam Morgan was the best reliever in Iowa this year. They're like it, the best one. And he's come up to Chicago and been not good. So the difference between those two levels is incredible. So that's tough to say right off the bat. I think ceiling-wise, I, I think we're looking at, like, a guy that can uh, potentially hit 30 home runs. I know that people have loved, like, his, like, oh, 30-30, like 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. I don't think that he's ultimately a guy that steals a lot of bases. I think that that's, that's hyped up a little bit. I think that he could play a decent center field, but, like, speed is not going to be his game really. So I think we're looking at a guy that's like maybe like a 280 batter, 30 home runs. I mean, I think he can be like a, a number two, number five batter in, in, the, in the big leagues. I don't think that we're looking at a guy that's like he is the lone anchor of a team, but he is he's definitely a, 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 someone you can build your team around for sure. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, well, they aren't going to play any games next year anyway. So it's going to be, you know, or if they do, it's going to be fucking like August, September. So yeah, I, I should have considered the fact that, like, baseball isn't happening. But, like, besides that, all things considered. <laughs> Best case scenario, they play the season <laughs> next year. Hopefully we're seeing them in 
June or July. It's right? so yeah. sad that that we just because of what we saw last year when they were trying to get that sixty game season played. Because of that, like no, everybody thinks that it's not going to happen. Like there, like there's, there's not even a question. They're like, oh yeah, there's no way they're going to get on the same page about this CBA. Like it just because it's so acrimonious the 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 relationship between the players and the union and uh, and the players union and the owners and uh, it's just it's going to be ugly and uh, and we'll be here to complain about it and <laughs> and that'll be fun. I know so, Greg had me pumped up for like a second. And then I brought you back down. Well, there's not going to be a season. <laughs> Brent Davis, yeah. all right, number two hitter. I like that. 30 homers, 280. Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> that, that, like, yeah, that, that's my it. specialty. That's my yeah. niche on the show is yeah, just that, bring people down. Bring you're down. Yeah. So, well, it, well, I love you, man. But we definitely need a little bit of positivity. So watch Greg tonight uh, on the rant, and that'll be an awesome show. If if I'm still awake, because I, I have a feeling I'm not gonna like make it too long today. I'm just I was out there in the bleachers making cup snakes last night, and I'm just I'm 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 beat. My snake arms are so tired. It won't just be me either. So you don't have to just listen to me the entire time. We're gonna have uh, plenty of guests on the show too. We'll have. Uh, Evan Altman will be on for, to start off. Uh, we're going to get Mason McRae, who he does a lot of MLB draft uh, work. But then we're also getting Todd Johnson and Brian Smith from Cubs Insider and Bleacher Nation on the chat. Uh, and then we're going to wrap up the show, not wrap up the show, but like leading up to the Cubs pick, we're going to have Cole Franklin on the show, Cubs prospect. Um, and we're going to chat right. with him a little bit about uh, his experience being drafted, kind of advice for whoever this new draft pick is going to be, and just get him on the show and chat with him a little bit too. Awesome. We, we have a Cole Franklin and a Cole Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, well, and both spelled with a K. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, so now we know what the draft strategy is. <laughs> we'll take all your Coles. Yeah. If, is there, is there a high school bat named Cole? Because I would uh, guess there, there is, is. But there, there is one named Colson that could go first round. So okay. we'll oh, there Coulson. you go. Colson Montgomery, maybe. Right, maybe we'll, yeah. We're, we're expanding our, uh, our horizons with Colsons now. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on, and everybody should watch that show tonight. I think it's going to be great, and uh, good luck to you this evening. I'm sure it's going to be uh, – it's a lot of work to look into all that stuff because yeah. there's not a lot of information out there except for, like, you know, the hype video they paid for and, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, all right, um, have a great have a great uh, show, and we'll we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for coming on. All right, later. Dan, Danny, you brought up the word acrimonious, and I think that's kind of a great place to start after what happened last night. Uh, for those that weren't aware, uh, the Cubs won the first game of the series versus the Cardinals, lost the second one. Danny, you were there, unfortunately. And afterwards, Wilton had some comments, and, and I think that's what a lot of Cub fans are really curious about, how everybody's feeling about that. After the game is over, Wilson says, and this is from Jordan Bastion's Twitter account, uh, on if it felt like the effort was good tonight. This is a quote from Wilson. No, I don't. To be honest, I feel like everybody was off. Everyone was distracted. I don't know why. Probably because the All-Star break is really close. Tomorrow is the last game of the first half. I don't think that way. He goes on to say, I cannot ask everyone to play like I do or to play like Baez and I play. Everybody's different. I know they might be tired, but I'm here to win. I'm here to win. I'm here to compete. That's what I'd like to have from everybody else. And then when asked about if he views himself as a leader, he says, yes, of course. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of things that I would like to say, but I'd rather keep it to myself than say it. That's it. Honestly, that part bothered me more than him saying guys weren't playing hard is the part where he was – 
he started backing off and saying like, there's things I want to say, but I can't say and all of that. Like, and, and honestly, as a, if I was his teammate, that's the part that I would be like, what did you want to say, Wilson? Like, I'm fine if you want to come right out and say something, but if Joe, you're gonna be fucking beating around the bush, let's let's have that conversation. Joe, who do you think he's talking about specifically? Hey, we saw him getting that fight with Rizzo, but you know, I don't think anybody questions Rizzo's effort. I don't know who. That's a good question because Rizzo. I saw some people on Twitter saying maybe he's talking about Rizzo and his effort. I'm like Rizzo dove into the netting yesterday. I think. Yeah. I think with a lot of frustrations. I got this while Crawley was recapping what the uh, Wilson Contreras had said. Uh, Wilson Contreras was wrong to publicly call out Cubs teammates' efforts, says manager David Ross. I got like a notification from the Odyssey app about this. I don't know if Ross was on the radio this morning or whatever, or maybe he said a postgame. I just didn't catch it last night. I was at a wedding. He's basically saying, Ross says here, that he was frustrated. This is the first time he's had to be part of a team that's not winning, and there are different things going on with him. He sees some things through different perspective, and uh, he was kind of vocal about that to the media. I think Ross didn't have a problem with what he said. He just wishes he would have said to the team first instead of the media first. So I don't really know exactly who he's going for. Maybe Rizzo, but I think, look, this team, I don't think Contreras is wrong in a lot of ways. It's funny he mentions Javi. Maybe he's thinking guys need to have more of a vocal, rah-rah, like let's fucking go attitude. Because as far as focus goes, I love Javi, but that's a bad example of focus when the guy doesn't know how many outs there are. And yeah. often, you know, we'll hit yeah, a while ago. Single. Last night, Javi was but playing he's done well. Before in the past, Javi. Yeah. Right. But, but he, if he's talking about last night's game, it's not Javi. Like, he specifically called Javi out as playing the game like he does into the game. Like, yeah. Know. Yeah. I cannot so, ask everybody to play like I do or to play like Baez and I play. So that's, and I wonder if there's just, and I was texting you guys about it earlier when this first came up. Like, is there like a, this little kind of rift between like the Latin guys and the, and the, you know, the, the travel baseball boys who had everything handed to them. Wilson's coming out of Venezuela, you know, basically with a dictator and, uh, you know, just basically play or die kind of situation. And, you know, there, and I, maybe there's just like a different, like you said, a, Joe, a different style of approach. Like, let's get out there and let's see some fire. And, you know, and you don't necessarily, you know, Grizzo's always joking around and like hanging out with the guy that's on first base. You know, if, if like a rudder gets over there from the other team, Rizzo's like yucking it up with the guy. And like, Wilson's like, what the fuck are you doing, Rizzo? I'm going to try to pick him off. Pay the fuck attention. You <laughs> know, distracting like, the guy. I thought Rizzo just, would distract him with the conversation. I think it's, yeah, yeah I think that would work. Talking to the guy at first base. Sorry, Crawley. But real quick, when Rizzo does that stuff and we're winning, we we love it. Yeah. When we're losing and he does that stuff, it's like, come on, man, be more focused. And I don't know what the correct approach is because I've seen teams go on absolute tears where everybody's silly and relaxed and chill. And I've seen teams go on tears where everyone's beating their chest, being like, let's fucking do this. So it's uh, tough to say. It happens. Both I, I've it's never had any while. issue with Rizzo talking to the guys on, uh, you know, at first. Like, that's something that a lot of the guys do constantly. Yeah. I, I'm not bringing that up like it's a thing. I am not. Yeah, I'm not yeah. thinking. So, Carl, go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm going to say that, you know, I've been wanting for a while for someone to show fire on this team. I talked about how there used to be, whether it was Miggy or even Ross or uh, Monter- um, Lackey, Lackey, those guys used to always kind of, you know, 
try to keep people like with an edge. And the thing that I, I don't mind Wilson calling it out, but usually when you do that as a leader, that's what he said. I view myself as a leader, as a leader, you don't single you and someone else out and and then everybody else. Okay. So if you're going to say, you know what, we've been doing shitty. We haven't been focused. We, 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 us are, those are the type of words that you're looking for. But to say, yeah, me and bias are doing things right. You guys are doing things wrong. I think that's where it's going to, We've been wondering all year if there's been a riff in the locker room because stuff seemed off. And I can't remember where I read it, but just this idea of there's a lot. This is, again, Cubs are one of one of uh, seven teams that haven't hit the 85% vaccination rate. And so they can't do a lot of things that other teams can do. Like if you hit that 85% tier one vax rate, you can go out to dinner with your family and you can, you can have your family travel with you to the games and all this great stuff. And I, I think this is my personal opinion. There's probably guys on this team that are like, you know what? I'm fucking sick of having to live like a shut in because you assholes don't want to get vaccinated. And I think that that has been something that's been kind of percolating. We've talked about it before in that locker room where do we have halves on locker rooms of vax versus non-vax? Yeah. That's an Carl, issue. Carly, I would agree with you that, you know, we're, we were talking about this like right before everybody was saying on the field stuff, on the field stuff. It might not be on the field stuff at all. Like we're watching all these games. We're not noticing a huge dip in the effort or whatever all the time. But like, I think Crawley, what you're saying is it's more of a thing in the clubhouse that maybe doesn't make it onto in the like game action. But inside that clubhouse, maybe they're all just fucking bitching at each other. We got little Yumper jumping in the chat says, Wilson and Javi admitted to not being ready and loose until the fourth inning while Joe was there. And we all remember those comments. And uh, and so I think it's funny that, like, now they admitted to not being ready before, and now they're, like, the pinnacle of the but, it, but again, of I readiness don't, and success. You know, it's like, I, I think it's more of what Crawley's talking about off the field stuff, not the on the field, being ready, all that stuff. Plus that was, you know, that was two years ago. Uh, I think David Ross has these guys a little more ready than Joe da, did, you know, like, cause Joe is just, you know, a lot more hands off. I think Ross is a little more hands on and has them out there, you know, at least ready to play. Yeah. But yeah, in that, in the clubhouse, it's, it feels like it's a mess. Yeah, I agree. And going off of what Carly mentioned, sorry, Danny, with the vaccinations and everything like this, this whole season has felt like it's had a black cloud going into it, right? With uh, the lack of spending and then trading Darvish and Caratini, the the Lester not getting a proper goodbye, Schwarber not tender. You have, it feels like half the team is on their final contract, you know, final year of their deals. Everything seemed to have had to go right. Then you have the 85% vaccination rate. This, like, I know we like to give people give Ross some shit. I go, this poor bastard, though, hasn't had a legit regular normal season to start his managerial career. You had a 60 game weirdo season last year with a pandemic going on. You got this with all the distractions and things going on. So it is. And it's been very frustrating on fans because so much of like it's we don't know the future. We don't know the path they're on. Will they spend? I know Hoyer said it's not going to be a full rebuild. If it's we're far from that. This isn't 2012. We're going to look to compete, but look to the eye of the future, which seems like the vaguest answer executive yeah. ever gave. Like bullshit is what he, it does. He, he's, you know? he's just talking bullshit because he's not going to be here anyway. And honestly, neither neither is David Ross. They're both going to get the the fucking can as soon as they get through 
probably the CBA. Like David Ross is a yes man. Yeah, David Ross is a yes man. The Rickets don't give a shit. Well, they do not fucking care. But they got to get somebody. They're not paying Ross that much. You know what I mean? As far as managers go, what they're not going to do is go out and get some big name guy like uh, because that that guy doesn't even exist anymore. Like who's the big name guy? Yeah, exactly. Tony Larusa. You know, I mean, yeah. you know what no. I mean, Joe Madden, like these de- de- these managers that are famous, you know, that make their life as a manager. All it is now is ex players who played golf for a couple of years after their career with the right people, and then they they're just the yes man for the quants in the front office. So might as well be David Ross. I don't see David Ross getting canned because all the it seems like even the lineups are made from on but high. That's, but that's who you can. When the team is doing bad, right? So if the, Why? if the team continues to tank throughout this season and then you get through the CBA and who knows what's going to happen. Maybe they play next year, but it's, it's terrible. And then the Ricketts fire David Ross and Jed Hoyer, not necessarily because of anything that they did, right? But to show that they're doing these guys were the problem. And now we're going to try and go, we're bringing you. Uh, hope for the future, right? That's what they're trying to sell. So you the think he gets Rick? So care. you, so you it's think he gets guy. fired? You think you think if the team underperforms, it, despite the fact that Ross hasn't had a regular season, you're like he's he's out within the next two years anyway. Hoyer's yeah, a five. I think year him deal. and Jed are yeah, out Hoyer. within the next two years. Hoyer's five year deal though. Yeah. Yeah, There's he's no not. Pay him. They're not. They're they're so cheap. They're not going to fire him and still pay him to be yeah. golfing. That's, that's, <laughs> well, that's the only thing that's going to fucking save is what they job. Won't, but they what they, they are continually. Trust I don't me, think he's doing bad though. It's it wasn't. You know, the GMs want to spend. He, I don't think he yeah. wanted to let go of you, Darvish. Yeah, he famously right. called Kyle Schwarber babe fucking Bruce nice. drunk once. I am not fucking saying done. Jed Hoyer's doing a terrible job. He's doing what he can with what he's got. So is David Ross. They're doing what they can with what they got. I'm saying the Rickets need somebody to fucking pin it be on. The, be the fall guy. So I, you, I, you I, I hear you. words in my mouth like I think these guys are doing a terrible job. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the Rickets need somebody to fucking pin this on, and that's who they're going to do it. You, there aren't Ross, enough though. batting coaches left in the league to fire. Well, yeah. they're a new team anyway, so they're not even going to do the what's Chili Davis up to these days that fans still like to bring up. By the way, Chili Davis got fired in May, and I like how fans still bring up, should have listened to Chili Davis. Like, <laughs> is he Ted Williams? I forgot. Crawley, you know? do, you think, do you think anybody gets fired? Do you think a, a David Ross's head will roll? Because I don't think Hoyer will no, go. But- uh, no, the, again, with those guys being under contract, that that that's what they're not – nobody's going to want to do that. Um, I think David Ross also – and this is something I keep pointing to is, is that the Cubs cannot do what they did previously, A, because everyone was already caught on how to do the rebuild like they did, and B, you have a, a, a channel that you didn't have before, and you just can't have nobody's in no – you can't have Mike Quaddy on a, on a show being like, and now, ladies and gentlemen, on Marquee, the Mike Quaddy show. Like nobody's tuning into the Mike Quaddy show. David Ross is a guy that kind of, again – had a Q rating when you talk about like uh, people like being known, like from Dancing with the Stars and being Grandpa Rossi and all that shit. 
Like you could put him on a show and, and you can have like, I'm surprised they haven't done more of that yet. And I think that that's on marquee. Like why wouldn't you have a manager show where like for 45 minutes, coon dogs talking to Rossi or something like that once a week or something. Like, I think there's missed opportunities there that may happen in the future. Marquee launches, there's a pandemic. Everything is, is kind of gone to hell. So I, I think that the retool idea, I don't have a problem when they say that. The problem that we've talked about before is that do, are, do we trust these guys to build the next great Cubs team, as Theo liked to talk about it, when we think about some of the mistakes that they've made in the past year? It's going to be a retool. I think they spend next year, but I think the following year is when you're going to see a rebuild. So I see the Cubs taking one of those three guys, Rizzo, Bryant, and Bias. They're going to pick one. Everyone asks me who. I don't know who. I think they're going to pick one of those guys and build around one of those guys and then start to add the pieces around. I don't know who that's going to be. But the question is, is how much confidence do you have in the Cubs scouting and development system to be able to build that next big team? That's that's kind of the question that you have. I think they're going to they're going to have to try to go for a retool like the Yankees did a few years back where you you're, they're not ripping this down to the studs. They have a lot of pieces that are in place that are going to be coming through the system. Greg talked about, you know, the bullpen is still phenomenal there. There are so many things that you can do. It's just a question of are they going to have the right people to choose the right players to be that next core. Well, little Yumper writes in, I don't think Ross gets fired now, but I don't see him here if they decide to start winning. And that could be kind of like a uh, uh, the situation with, uh, yes. what's his name, the, the guy that went to the White Sox. I'm drawing Rhea? Yeah, Renteria. Yeah, Ricky Renteria situation where this guy's just kind of a placeholder and then – you know, they'll they'll bring in – but I don't even know who that would be. Like, they don't – I disagree with that. I think he's done a better job than we – I think he's done a better job than people give him credit for. David really, Ross. I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I like the guy. I really do. I mean, you got you forget – look, there, I just went over. There's crazy circumstances this year. They went into a year where nobody wanted to compete or the, the, the ownership didn't want to compete. Half the guys are playing under their final contract. Think about, though, if you're an individual player, there's two big goals you want in your career. You want to win a ring and you want to get paid. They've won a ring. So I think a lot of these guys, look, the way they played in April, it would have been so easy for them to have rolled over and died. He got them back playing hard as fuck through April, uh, through the, I'm sorry, through May and into early June until eventually injuries and just bad pitching caught up to them, which a lot of that's out of his hands. So I don't know if Ross is the problem, but to go to Crawley's, if I could pivot back to Crawley's point, is this front office the next to rebuild the next great Cubs team? I think so. I think I want to see who Judd hires as his GM, which he wanted to do, but then was told there's no money to hire a GM, which is crazy, right? He doesn't have a GM right now. I'm sure the first line of business come the day after the World Series, Judd interviews and hires a GM. He said he wanted to go outside the organization. And I also want to remind people because I think when, when you're in the thick of it as a fan, you forget that things can return to glory again. There's been plenty of front offices and GMs that had bad drafts, and then all of a sudden started having good drafts again. There's been a dip with some of these teams. I posted an article about the 2011 draft, which was famously stacked. You know who had the worst 2011 draft? The Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. They were the only two teams that fucked up the first round, a first round in which everyone got someone. Did, did their fans think, never again, are we going to be good again? No, they figured it out. Like, I don't doubt that these guys well, can those, get it right. Those teams have showed that they can develop the fucking players, though. Well, the Cubs had before. They got Chris Bryant and Schwarber first round picks were both all stars. Like I don't know that they fucking developed them so much as Bryant and 
Schwarber just showed up. Bryant said it's a weird – that's a weird situation because he's just so talented, you know. I mean, there's there's so much talent, you know, with positionally playing all over the field, hitting dogs, you know. It, it, you know, the rookie of the year, MVP, we all know the story. I, I, I just think it, he's tough to compare to other people. Well, they developed um, Contreras. Is, Contreras was drafted as a third baseman under Jim Hendry, and they converted him to a catcher. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm, 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 Contreras. Javi's a Henry guy too. I mean, yeah, and they but they fixed him a little bit too, right? We but they didn't even fucking want him. They didn't want Javi. Yeah, because they were deep. They were deep, and they they thought Javi's the guy they put for pitching. But maybe they should have. They wanted to get rid of Javi. Madden was the only one on Javi's side early on. But again, we don't know behind the closed door shit. We just know the rumors. The rumor was that we had such deep pitching or such deep shortstops that Javi was going to be the odd guy out. I think he's still that because he wasn't drafted by Theo. That was I, the assumption. I, th- I think he still is the odd guy out in some ways uh, just because. Kind of yeah, I mean, uh, because they're still kind of developing shortstops, and that's what, you know, they're going to go. I mean, they drafted Ed Howard last year. Granted, he's a few years away, Christian but I Hernandez. think. Yeah, exactly. So you've got these dudes that are, you know, that they maybe want to, if they're just going to do a rebuild year, maybe not play next year. Maybe the next season is 2023. And uh, at that point, maybe some of these guys are ready. So maybe they're looking at Javi. And no, the thing about Javi is like he could play second. He could play third as he loses a step, you know, and he's oh, still going to give you, you know, 30, 40 home runs a year. Uh, Chris Bryant, you know, I, I just kind of want to talk about the guys they make keep or trade unless maybe position or transition into a, a tr- trade talking um, because somebody's going. I mean, I think it's, you, you know, all the. The, the the money that you're or all the any money you'll eat on some of these contracts or Chris Bryant and somebody you know my fr- Mets fan friend David Brody uh it he he's convinced that Chris Bryant's going to be playing third base for the Mets like within this year and they, they maybe they'll package him he's like hey we'll take Kimbrel too and you know like you know then we got uh, F- Familia doing the eighth and Kimbrel in that like uh, you know he's already got it all figured out but so that's what I'm wondering is like do you guys think I mean, we don't know, but they've made a they've made it very clear they're selling, you know. So who's who's gone? All of them. I think they're going to trade as many as they can, and then maybe the ones they like, they try to get back in the off season. Maybe they try to pull what the Yankees do with Chapman. Also, guys, we forget there's a good chance some of these guys might be like, "Fuck this organization. We don't want to come back." Oh, we don't. We forget that Rizzo felt show. totally disrespected. Yo, in March. Yo. This show doesn't forget that ever. <laughs> yeah, I fucking say it I'm all the time. To the, I'm talking to the general <laughs> Twitter audience that you guys have. You guys are very popular. I'm not just talking to the three handsome faces in front of me. But it's every, you know. No, but I, I think that's true. It's like, I, you know, you, you bring up Rizzo right there. I think Rizzo did want to be a Cub for life. And uh, when he got that insulting offer in the offseason, it, it was, there was no years to it. You know, it wasn't like, hey, retire a Cub and we're going we're gonna to make it right and thanks for taking that uh, shitty extension last time, but, you know, we're going to pay you for your three good years you got left and stuff. But, it's, but you're right. I think my feeling on it is that he doesn't want to come back at this point, you know, because he's pissed off. I, I, but not a lot of teams out there uh, are going to be in the market for an aging first baseman with a bad back. The Red Sox could use a first baseman. No, he'll, he'll, and, and, you know, that would be a great story to go along with the signing, right? Go back to the Red Sox where he was drafted in the first place, all that shit. Um, you know, I I see people talking about KB, 
getting traded and then re-signing, like you were saying, Joe, they forget that KB has been out the fucking door for like eh, six years because they fucked him when they when he came in. They fucked him. They were in a legal fucking whatever they did for, I don't know, 10 years, whatever the fuck that was. The six-year process of adjudicating the the KB grievance. Right. That was so weird. Now, if they fucking just open the pocketbook and just fucking pay him a bazillion dollars, sure, he'll play for the Cubs. But he's not coming to the Cubs for the same money that he can go somewhere else because – why would he? Like, they've already treated him like shit. They've already manipulated his time. They've already taken year a year from him. And yeah. they've, you know, in his mind, lowballed him. So if the fucking Cardinals offer him the same amount of money as the Cubs, he's going to go to fucking St. Louis. And, and, then gonna fu- and then he's going to and then he's going to just rip the Cubs Fucking twenty times a year. Chicago is boring. He'll say. I think, I think, I think <laughs> that that would be the fucking uh, headline too, wouldn't it? Losing KB would be one of the biggest mistakes this organization made. I'll stand by it. I've been talking about this for years. I think I that I think that Chris Bryant will do everything possible to try to stay with the Cubs. I think he likes Chicago. Okay, I, I think, disagree there. Right, and so he, I believe, he will do that, but. I think the trade a trade would be the straw that breaks the camel back. There will be no uh, Jason Hamill type situation or uh, the Chapman situation. I think that if they sit there and that, that to me is going to be th- that too far. But I think if you're going to be building around anyone, I, I would be building around Bryant. I hope they do that. But I, I get you know every day. We talked about it at the beginning of the year. Joe, you were on the uh, – the we had the ranchers table at the beginning of the year, and I kept warning people that, oh, it's a 162-game season, even when they got out to a bad start in April. And I said, no, you have roughly an 80- to 90-game season is what you have. 80 and 90 games. Well, guess what? Yet last Yesterday was game number 90. And so now if you're Jed Hoyer and you are in the low single percentage odds of making the playoffs – the decision's been made for you. So there's your 90-game season. And now they're going to trade. Now they're going to get worse. And so now at this point, it, it's, it's frustrating for me as a fan because I sat there and I saw the writing on the wall with the U Darvish trade right away. They never gave this team a fighting chance. It never, yeah. never were they ever going yeah. to get. Far. One more question about how this could all go down. Uh, what about the qualifying offer, compensatory draft pick? Like I know Joe, you were talking about on Twitter that that could be, you know, another option by how to do it. Just let them all go play the last series of the year. Offer them all the eighteen million or whatever it's going to be for the one year, and I can frankly see some of them taking it. You know, to be honest. But uh, but what do you think? Do you think that that's a possibility, or that just let it go, or or do you really see them trying to trade everybody? I I well, I see. That. I think they're going to try to trade everyone because that's just what you do this time of year. You take phone calls from anyone you can take a phone call from. I think that's just how that goes. I could definitely see. Well, depending on how the rest of the year plays out. I mean, if Javi 
goes on his projections and ends up with 40 home runs and 100 RBI, even with the worst on base percentage in baseball and the high setting a strikeout record, he'll still be attractive enough to some teams with that killer defense. And he's exciting. You know, I can see the Mets going after him to play third base alongside Lindor. We forget Javi is a phenomenal third baseman too. We I kind of would. I might become a Mets fan at that point. Just I mean, Crawley, Crawley just fell Never. over because he's oh, like, God. he's like, I can't even let you talk to my dad anymore. Like <laughs> I stopped watching baseball before rooting for the Mets or the Cardinals. <laughs> Uh, or the White Sox. Uh, but you know what it is? I think it was that damn pandemic, you know, because I remember Baez and K- KB had such awful seasons last year that part of me was like, I could, I, I could kind of see them saying to themselves, whoever has the better 2021 is the one we extend, you know? Um, but that's also a bad way to approach a season because then you guys got these guys playing with this black cloud of we better kick ass, we better get off to a good start. They all put too much pressure on themselves and had terrible years. Ian Happ, was he pissed off about arbitration and wanted to come out and show that he was worth it and he was pressing and it screwed up? I mean, everyone Same knew so. that as soon as they had a losing streak, it got compounded and they knew they were done. Like Carly said, they only had a good 80 games to prove themselves. Um, it's, it's, so it's one of those things. So many good players had terrible 2020s. Shohei Otani right. sucked in 2020. Yelich sucked in 2020. Arenado, Alonzo, it's so it's just so much bad timing. I mean, you could point your finger to a lot of things of why this Cubs last run is ending in such a sour note, but it really is just some things that were beyond anyone's control in a lot of regard. I agree um, with that. So it's a little heartbreaking as it goes. I think if they don't get the good offers, don't just trade them for the sake of trading them. Give these guys, let these guys, you know what? We'll go to that September 24th rainout doubleheader and cheer the hell out of them on because – at least give the fans the proper goodbye to these guys. What difference yeah. does it make the rest of the year anyway? You're not playing for anything. Let them have one last good summer in the sun, the last two months. I'll, and I'll then admit, you can I, I a good pick sometimes. Yeah, I wish we had Greg Huss back on because I want to know what it looks like if the Cubs have 18 compensatory picks. <laughs> if I can, like between that, you know, they, they get through that first round and then it's between the first and second, you get these you know, compensatory picks and they've got like 18 guys on this fucking team who yeah. are all walking after the season. Well, not 18, it would be a bit, a bit absolutely of fucking hilarious if they just, they picked two baseball teams well, between they might, the first and second I mean, round. Kind of a Dan Kantrovich wet dream right there. I mean, you know, if you can just stock your system with these guys and if, <laughs> but I can see some of them, I can see Javi taking the 18.5 million. Yeah. I don't, I don't see Bryant taking it or even needing to, but I could see Rizzo taking it, you know, like I could, I could see Rizzo doing it because it's a the, race. It's a race. <laughs> the qualifying offer puts him in the, you know, it's, it's the, what is it? The, the average of the top five players. Contracts, is, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that puts him on par with, with where, you know, he he honestly is a top five first baseman. He should be getting that money. But do you want to give him that money for the next How long? Yeah. five years? Maybe you don't want to, but honestly, I don't I don't know exactly how the qualify how many years in a row can you do the qualifying offer? Just, I think it's only a one and done. I'm not possible. That's one of the things that'll get sorted in this next CBA. I'm sure. Oh, of it. Right. And so who knows? Really, I could see. I don't know if I see Javi taking the one year thing because then you have the whole same thing this past year. Do they really want to go through a whole other thing of will we get traded? Will we not get traded? Are we playing for an extension? I can almost see them going like the way Schwarber signed. A lot of actually guys did these. Marcus Simeon. They did these one year deals with a mutual option. 
the mutual option is basically a player option because even if the club's like, we want you back, if you have a great year, you're like, well, no, I'm going to go get paid. You know, like Schwarber clearly was going to decline his mutual option before he got the hamstring injury because he was player of the month of June, 25 home runs on pace for almost 50. He was definitely going to decline his end of that. Marcus Simeon for sure will decline his end of that. So I could see Javi signing one of those deals with the team because Mm -hmm. then at least it's some breathing room. You know, um, yeah, man, that would be such a shame to lose those guys in that way because it's just such a fizzle. You know, it's and and if you're not going to compete, and that's why I'm wondering about you know, Greg asked him like, how soon are we going to see these guys? Because if you're getting a high school bat, we're we're not going to see that guy for you know six five five six years. You know, uh, a college arm you might see uh, faster, um, but still, it's. Uh, you know, they didn't uh, – we all thought they would bring somebody like um, – who's the dude that throws super hard that they got from Texas? And uh, it was last year. He just got drafted. Uh, uh, Burl Caraway or yeah, something? Bur- yeah, Burl Caraway. Like, we were expecting to see Caraway, and we might now, you know, at some point. I don't know if he's hurt or right? I haven't really followed him, but – He's been better of late. I would say, in all honesty, like I said, you don't want to rush the development of these guys because you've decided to throw the season in the scrap heap. Yeah. All these guys have plans, and if you bring them up too early, you can kind of mess them up, and that is something you don't want to do either. Uh, I could see the Cubs kind of – when you talk about those one-year deals, that usually is when you're coming off a, a really not-that-great season, but the team still knows you are better than what you performed. So if Baez continues to do what he's doing – you know, he, he's going to look to get paid. Uh, you know, Bryant obviously is going to get paid. So I don't see too many people, anyone really kind of grabbing that offer. If I'm Anthony Rizzo, he's going to get a wake-up call that he is not going to get what he wants in the free market. He has, market. He has you know, signed and kind of nobody's paying big money for a aging first baseman. Nobody. He's not getting uh, the money that they paid over in St. Louis for Goldschmidt. That's not happening. So he's going to – I think I could see him playing for like a – like I keep hearing Miami getting thrown around the Marlins, uh, being back home in Florida and and doing that kind of stuff. But it's – you know, this it's – again, pick who you want to rebuild around and go from there and start to fill in the pieces. And you may see – like I said, I don't think you're going to see a lot of young guys coming in next year, maybe towards the end of the year. But most of the team, I think, is going to be filled with guys – that are the mediocre average ball players that you can for maybe a two year deal. I, yeah. I could see I can see Javi taking any deal in the offseason that just has years, right? Like he's never been on the the money uh you know level. Like we've never heard Javi or anybody really say like Javi's gonna need three hundred million to go anywhere. You know what I mean? That's not ever been the story with this guy, but he knows it. So right before a CBA, right? Everything's going to change. You offer Javi Baez six years, 120 million. I think you have a Javi Baez, you know, or, uh, you know, you could even go further out, but if you're, if you're in that area, I think he takes that because, in his mind, he's like, well, that's, you know, that's almost a decade of my family being fine with me not worrying about anything for that decade. And when we're done, we'll never, nobody will ever work. You know what I mean? Like that's in his mind. That's not the same mindset as maybe a Chris Bryant who's like, I'm rookie of the year, MVP. 
I'm a, you know, once in a generation talent and I should be getting more, more than this because he has Scott Boris as a, an agent talking about that kind of stuff. Yo, Lil Yumper, I disagree with a lot of what Jesse yeah. Rogers reports. He's not exactly Mr. Accurate these days. Yeah, Jesse Rogers says, uh, yeah, Lil Yumper wrote in, Jesse Rogers has reported Javi wants $200 million. And, and And we heard the okay, David. Okay, but what does he want $200 million for? 10 years? Well, that's okay. Well, that's twenty million a year. So yeah, probably, probably not. Gonna, yeah, but I, that's I, what I mean, I'm, I'm happy with letting Javi go. By the way, I don't know why. I love the guy so much. He's been phenomenal, but he is exactly the type of player this lineup doesn't need. But then again, if we're gonna have a brand new lineup, one through eight, then you could have Javi and then put a bunch of Nico Horners and Matt Duffy style contact hitters around him, so, and yeah. it doesn't bother you as much. But it's still this is what. We were actually talking about on our Twitter thread when we were talking about Wilson's comments, or not Twitter thread, but uh, our our, uh, text messages earlier, uh, Danny, me, and Crawley. Like, we were talking about, uh, you know, Wilson and Javi being the guys that you could build this team around. Imagine if they they commit over the next, uh, you know, 150 million to each one of these guys over the next uh, six years. Right. And then you build from there. If you front load those contracts to make so they make like, say, 30 million the first couple years when you don't have a a lot of money committed, committed to them early in the year. And then they're not making 30 million. No way. No, I'm saying 30 million like the AAV would be 20 or maybe even 18 or less. But the first couple years. You put them up in that thirty million range, and then bonuses and shit. You know, you can later later down the road. Then you don't end up with you know contracts that you absolutely can't get rid of later because somebody might go for it later. But right now, we know that they don't have any money committed next year, and they don't have they any don't. money committed yep. at all. Which so if so you give these guys sixty million for these two guys for the next two years, and then all of a sudden that drops off considerably for the third year when you start to have other guys that you want to pay for, then you're building around a Javi Baez, which like Joe, you said in this lineup, Javi Baez, not a great fit, but in a lineup that has actual fucking on base guys and he just drives them in all the time. That's a, that's a wonderful guy to have there. And Wilson Contreras could be, Yadier Molina. He could totally be Yadier Molina for the Cubs. Uh, Hopefully better. Better. better, Yeah. 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 Hopefully better. But the other thing with, you know, with a catcher, when you sign a catcher long-term, you may sign a catcher long-term knowing that he's going to be your uh, first baseman in the future. Right. If you can develop, uh, who's the guy that they got? You You develop Amaya and, you know, you got, Contreras in there for the first three or four years, and then you can start moving him over to uh, first and have Amaya come in. That type of well, could, could, let's let's take a look at what we have this year and uh, kind of where we are right now with this team. How dudes have performed, and uh, let's start. Could, could we do a little rakes, flakes, throws, and blows? Are you into that, Michael? I know you you prepared something here, sure. and uh, I want to kind of look at uh, all the Cubs stats and kind of where we see everybody. So today I'm going to show you how to rake. 
The Sunranto Show is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room app. Did you know that every Tuesday, uh, the members of the Sunranto Show, myself, Crawley, and Michael, get together for a conversation with you on the Spotify Green Room app every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, won't you join us there? Uh, you can download it for either Android or the iPhone app store and uh you know we kind of get together we have a conversation about something cubs related or baseball related or sometimes we just have a conversation with artist matt camber you never know what's going to happen over there on tuesdays at 6 p.m at the spotify green room app here's what you do uh you download it and um then you follow Sunranto Show, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O-S-H-O-W, and you link your Twitter in there, and uh, you know, pretty soon you're having conversations with people like me. Um, it's totally participatory. Oh, that was hard to say. And it's a lot of fun. So check us out Tuesdays, 6 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app, and check out everything it's got to offer. See you at 6 p.m. on Tuesdays. Spotify Green Room app. Free. How to rake. Okay, so I'm giving this to Javi Baez. Yeah, he's got the most strikeouts in all of baseball. That is true. But he's also leading this team in home runs, RBI, stolen bases, and he's second on the team in hits with 69. Nice. nice. Sure, he's batting 238, and he only has 14 walks on the season, which honestly, 14 is actually pretty good for fucking Javi Baez. <laughs> it kind of is. Uh, but he's made walks in 115 strikeouts. I'm putting the stats up right now. We can right. all look but at he's, them. He's making things happen. Like, you can look at the gaudy strikeout <laughs> numbers and just be like, oh, God, this is terrible. But fucking nobody else on this team is as productive as he is even with the low average, the low on base, all that shit. Right? Well, I mean, you right. could argue Chris Bryant's more productive. He just doesn't have the RBIs because yeah. he bets in front of Javi. I would say that this is – when you were talking earlier that Jed and Theo didn't really want Javi, I think that's part of the reason why I don't think he's going to be the one to be extended is because for guys that are like Jed and Theo, like to see some of the at-bats sometimes, when Javi's hot, there there's nobody – Nobody, like like I said, he's out of this world. But when he goes in those stretches where he is just literally swinging out of his shoes and, 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 and lead stranding runners on base, it can be as frustrating as hell. And I think they'd want a little bit of consistency in that department. The whole hope with Javi was, I know Sosa did steroids, so did everybody else. But when Sosa stopped laying off that slider, that low and away slider, he became a different player. He yes, did, the yeah. steroids. But 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 Javi has never been able to show the inability that if you have a guy that can throw that slider, you make a mistake on this slider, Javi will put it down Kenmore. But again, when you go against some of the better pitchers, they're not going to make mistakes with the slider, and that that's the thing is that sometimes yeah he does, but it's just the frustratingness of when he's just absolutely missing left and right and stranding runners that drive okay, guys. Like, yeah, that that but, can be frustrating. We see that from this entire fucking lineup, though. And those things stick out in your mind. But yeah, let's, like, is look the at fact it, it, that he's driving in more runs than anybody on this team, does that stick in your mind? Well, well, the fact remember, that he hits more home runs than anybody on this team, does that stick in your mind? He's got the second most hits. And uh, Joe's right. Chris Bryant, you could totally make an argument for Chris Bryant being the most productive. I would give you that. I wouldn't argue mm -hmm. against it. But Chris Bryant has only scored – eight more runs than Javi this season. So it's not like Chris Bryant is getting on base and becoming uh, 
you know, the best goddamn player well, that we've can't. ever seen. I mean, it's not your fault if you don't score runs. You know what I mean? Uh, right. It, it's it's not. That's not on you. I mean, and th- the the thing about it is, too, it's like, let's look at these strikeout numbers. I just put it up. It's the whole goddamn team. So it's they all do it. Remember, Ben Zobris would have as many walks as strikeouts. That was his game. You know, he'd have like, you know, 50 walks, 50 strikeouts, like at this point of the season or something like that or something somewhere around there. But look at Chris Bryant, 78 strikeouts, 33 walks. Yeah. That now, if you ask season. somebody about Ian Happ, they fucking go out of their mind about Ian Happ and how much he strikes out. And he's got the same amount of strikeouts. Same amount of strikeouts, but he's now straight. a lot less op- opportunities yeah, for yeah. sure. 60 less at bats, too. So, uh, but, uh, you know, but. But they're all they're all this, okay? They're all the same. So Javi's the worst, one fifteen to fourteen. Rizzo's fifty three to thirty one. So that's like moving into. Uh, he's, like you said. he's the only guy in the he's team. He's a top that twenty contact guy in baseball. Yeah, Rizzo. And, and he might actually get through this year. It's possible he could get under a hundred strikeouts on the season. Yeah, Rizzo. and and then but then Wilson Couture, same guy, eighty seven strikeouts, thirty seven walks. Uh, Jock Peterson, same guy, seventy four to twenty two. Uh, Ian Happ, seventy eight to thirty four. Uh, Hayward's actually decent, you know, forty nine to twenty three. He, you know, but he's also terrible in other ways. Uh, and then you know, yeah, uh, yeah, Nico Horner is great, fourteen to ten. Like he's just putting the ball in play, and he's batting three thirty. You know, I mean, and if you have a a lot more of these contact guys who are just getting on base, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's Chris Bryant or Javier Baez ma- mashing behind you. Javi's got the more homers, but you know, let, I think that Chris Bryant is obviously capable of hitting a shit ton of home runs. Um, he also has ten more doubles than Javi does. Uh, as I mean, I think they're I think your raker is good. Like I don't have a problem with Javi Baez being the raker, or if you had picked Bryant, they both would have. And you could have picked Nico Horner if he wasn't hurt so much because that dude's right. always on base. I mean, the, you know, there's something like. You know, I was uh, watching the game on Friday night, and my mom just moved into a retirement community, and they had a game watch in their watch room where they normally, you know, watch Brigadoon or Gone with the Wind or some shit. You know what I mean? And then, uh, <laughs> but we were all sitting in there watching, and the dude was commenting uh, on batting averages. It's like, God, uh, you know, two eighty-seven. That's okay. You know, two ninety. That's okay. Oh, two thirty-three. That's terrible. And I think there's something to be said for like a motherfucking 300 hitter these days. I know that's not prized anymore at all, but you need those guys. You can't just have a bunch of hobbies and Bryants and expect, you know, look, look at the strikeout rate. I mean, it's just dude after dude, after dude, after dude, do you, do you know who has them 48 to eight? Do you know who has the second highest batting average in baseball? Nicholas Castellanos. Yeah. Oh God! I wish it, it, I wish we had re-signed Nick Castellanos. This would be the makeup of this team, and all those doubles and a few dongs here and there. That would have made all See, the difference. This is my point, though. Before, when Crawley was asking, do we think this front office can rebuild the next team? I think they're capable. It's whether or not they have ownership backing them. They were smart enough to trade for Castellanos. They were smart enough to sign Darvish, and even the Kimbrel signing. Look, Kimbrel didn't get a spring training those first two years and was horrible. This year, he gets one, puts in the work, back to being phenomenal. The All Star team is littered with people that Theo and Jet have found. 
And I think they can, well, Theo's gone, obviously, but I think Jed and Dan could be there. And whoever the new GM is, hopefully someone from the outside of the organization, can find the talent. Whether or not ownership is smart enough to hold the talent. What's that Seinfeld? Anyone could take a reservation. You must hold the reservation. I don't understand how, like, Castellanos wanted to be here. He was begging. He waited till the last second to sign with Cincy because he was hoping the Cubs would figure something out. That's the, that's the most frustrating part mm. is like when you have a front office that identifies, yeah, Castellanos, he'll kill it in Wrigley. Are you kidding me? Comerica Park's gigantic. He's got gap power. This guy's going to destroy in Wrigley. They go out and get him. He kills for us, does everything you could want, and they're too stupid to hold on to him. Yeah. They couldn't cut ties with Schwarber. And that's well, been a problem. It should for have been a choice years. between the two, though. They're a big yeah. market team, right? My thing is, what position is he playing then? Because Schwarber and Cassianos, if if yeah, he's they're not going to bench Hayward. Which, well, Hayward, can yeah. play, Hayward plays as good a center, center field as Hap. And also, they oh, should I would, be probably better. Yeah, probably I'm probably better. better. Big Hap but other big market teams... Guy. Other big market teams deal with a sunken cost. The, David Price. I, I, is yeah, I agree with you. Dodgers. I agree with you, Joe. You move, you move Hayward to center. You put Castellanos in right, and then your your left field is your rotating cast of whatever fucking characters yeah, you want is, to throw out there. We've talked. We, we've talked about the uh, the fact of the bargain bin shopping, and the fact is they got Castellanos, who went nuts when he got here for the second half. But people always forget Schwarber had a phenomenal second half. And and so what you basically did was you took the cheaper option. You know, rather than moving uh, Hayward to center field and keeping both guys, they said, hey, we got Schwarber who's putting up Castellanos-type numbers good enough. And 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 that was the mistake that was made is is that – uh, you know, you didn't keep that, and and, and you know that's that's it. So it, yeah. it's 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 tough. Well, getting yeah, no, Gordo get into was, more, saying, go Gordo ahead, was saying the other day too about how in 2016 the Cubs had uh, Rondon was absolutely great when they made the trade for Chapman. He wasn't hurt yet. They actually took a strength and they said, let's just add more to that. Yeah. And I think what Crawley just said is. In the same situation, we have a strength. Let's add to it so we've got more strength there. They they did what Crawley said. No, let's cut some let's cut some fucking payroll because we yeah. we we've already got enough right we, here. We've, we with all these injuries this year, we've seen how terrible the depth is, and so let's uh, get into some of that depth with uh, Flake. I haven't worried about Flake since my grunge days. Remember them? I, okay. I don't. I don't remember my grunge <laughs> days. It was the '90s, and I I partied hard. People, I partied yeah. real hard. Well, so Eric, so- Eric Sogard oh. fucking sucks. I hate him. He, he he only has 40 hits on the season, and only 11 of those are RBI. Right, 11 RBI. He's only walked nine times. Eric nine. Sogard is supposed to be this fucking professional at bat nine times. Nine times. Javi has had more opportunity, but 14 walks and Sogard has nine. Fuck I him. don't. I, this and is to been, make it worse, he's not good on defense. This has been the most baffling move that I've sat here. And this is one where I am questioning Jed on this one here is that, you know, people are like, well, you know, you got these guys, Bodie's injured and this and that. What I'm telling you is that anybody looking either at the stat sheet or with their eyeballs in the ballpark would be like, that guy fucking sucks, okay? You're telling me you couldn't write a list of second basemen on a, on, a, on a wall 
close your eyes and throw a dart and not hit on something that's just the same cost, you know, just like 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 there there's nobody in the world roughly that could be potentially better than Eric Sogard. So million and, bucks they paid for him. Million yeah. bucks. And Crawley, to be fair, he was supposed to be the backup because uh the the absolute hundred percent lock for second base was David Bodie. Yeah. One hundred percent unanimous choice. Unanimous over decision Nico for second base. Yeah. I disagreed. I obviously was a huge Nico fan. I was telling the people who thought uh, so many people were like Nico should start in AAA at a good spring, and then they're like, no, forget it. Now I was on the Nico bandwagon the whole time oh, because I'm gosh. like, why not? That was yeah. We all we need a diverse lineup. We need a diverse hitter, and that's what Nico did. But Bodie did finish spring way better. People kept bringing up Nico's batting average. Nico was three for his last 24 down the spring. He came up with a chip on his shoulder and did great. I love that. Sogard is god awful. At first, I didn't mind the way they were using him in the in the beginning because he was a pinch hitter. And I looked the other day, he's still hitting 300 as a pinch hitter. As a starter, he's the worst player in maybe baseball history. He's fucking atrocious. <laughs> he's got awful, right? Terrible. Is there's there no, any there's no way around it? Is there anybody else that you would put out there? I mean, uh, as you know, one of the worst. I'm looking at these OPSs here. For me, Ian Happ has been a huge disappointment this year. They were expecting very big things out of him. And now you're in a situation where we've already talked about sunk costs and Hayward. Hayward, can't, you can't expect anything from him offensively other than occasionally the occasional home run. But most of the time, it's the four three or the three unassisted. Bro- and so broken now, bat singles we get now. Yeah, Flair, yeah, if he goes up the bat with a broken bat, like he's already got a crack, he's, he's, he's great, batting yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> but when I take a look at it, now you have two guys in outfield that can't hit in Hayward and Hap. And then Peterson's not even that much better than those things. Like your whole outfield is just hot garbage right now. But, but Hap is someone they expected a lot out of. And has just been absolutely because we we all talked about 2020 and again throw 2020 numbers out because they don't mean anything. But a lot of what Hap was doing in 2020, um, what I was looking at was, hey, he's not swinging at the high fastball. Hey, he's having a lot better at bats. I was seeing things, and this year it's just been awful. Well, here's a question about Ian Hap I have for you guys. All right, I'll give you some numbers. He's batting 183, which is god awful. His on base percentage is 296. He's slugging 330 uh, for a 626 OPS. He's got nine dongs on the year and 230 at bats. Um, is is so he hasn't uh, you know just by comparison, Javier Baez has 60 more at bats. Uh, Chris Bryant has 61 more at bats. Uh, is part of the problem with Ian Hap? So what what is that like? Maybe 15, 16 games less, something like that. You know, seventeen, maybe twenty games fewer. Uh, so what what are you thinking with uh, Hap? Is like is part of the problem that he's not getting on a roll? That they're just you know they they just, just like put him out there, let him play center. I mean, you got Marisnik and he's been doing you know pretty much around this being better, I guess. You know he's batting 238 but that's still not a beat in the world like is it the situation that like if Ian Happ was able to go out there every day he would start hitting doubles he'd start banging the ball off the wall like do you just throw his ass out there and just let it let it ride this or, is this is the uh, argument we had with you know Albert Almora well, oh, more four yeah. years ago right like Joe was using him where he succeeded and then everybody in and I'm one of those I thought just fucking put him out there. He seems to be doing good. But we saw what happened when he was out there all the time. 
you know, so I don't know. That's, that's tough. It would be nice if we kind of had an idea that they're using Hap in situations they think he's going to be successful in. And if that's the case, then it's not working. And maybe, maybe he does switch hitter. I mean, he's got, you know, you're thinking that he figured out Robert Sanchez says in the chat real quick, the failure of this era is the insane overvaluation of our own players. And Hap is the poster child for that. And, um, I'd, I'd say Schwarber's the poster child for that, yeah. and he's just gone now. What do you think, Joe? Uh, what's your thought on Hap? Uh, I was just looking at his fan graphs a little bit before. He has been in a, a well above average hitter every year except this season. Granted, a couple of those years were short years. Like He was a 32% above league average 2020, 28%, even 2018, which I thought was a really bad year. He was a 106 WRC+. plus. He had 24 home runs in his rookie season in 2017. I think – we forget how incredibly mental baseball is like compared to other sports. Like it's not even close how mental baseball is. I think he was insulted that they went to arbitration over what 500 grand. I think he came out thinking I'm going to show everyone that I'm worth this money and he's been pressing and it's been bad and ugly. And at this point, I think because the season's over anyway, play him every day to ultimately know what you got. And if he's terrible the rest of the way, non-tender him in the off season, it's that simple. Because, yeah, he's 26 now. Maybe there's still a rebound of hope. I, I don't know. What, what is he making? $3.5 million this I, year? Maybe he gets a raise up to $4 because everyone always gets a raise even if they're bad. I, I just, yeah, his swing got way too long. His mechanics are awful. Like you were saying, Cotton, he looked really sharp at times last year, laying off high ones. In, in the two playoff games we had, when nobody hit, he hit. He was like 500 and hit a home run yeah, in the he, playoffs. Yeah, he had the only game. home run. <laughs> against the Marlins. Yeah, he scored yeah, he, the only run in the playoffs that the Cubs scored. So I don't know what I don't know where he went from the the upward trajectory of the last two years to being absolutely awful this year. Um who's our best I don't player know, last like, year? Maybe the Cubs needed a, a bad year like this to kind of we're gonna be able to watch Justin Steele now. We're gonna be able to take a gamble and look at players which we do you don't get to do when you're in a competitive window because you don't yep. take that chance. Like everyone talks about how great the Tampa Bay Rays are and they are. They sucked from 2013 to 2017. They lost 90 games four years in a row. In the last three years, they've been good. If you want to be like the Rays and suck for three years and be good for four years, I don't because I think we pay the highest ticket prices in baseball. But That's if you want exactly to be that what way, nobody wants. I'm sick and tired of people bringing up the Rays all the time and forgetting that they yeah, suck. Yeah, yeah, the middle the, part of the Rays last are in Tampa Bay. The Cubs are in Chicago. Exactly. Get that? Yeah. yeah, I don't live in Tampa Bay with a bunch of retirees. Uh, you know, yelling about you know vaccinations okay. and QAnon bullshit, you know, you, 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 are about him, to, you, are, you are going to see like, well, I was the one that mentioned earlier that 2020, he was, his swing looked different. Everything looked different. And, and Sorry, you thought you, that he, he may have figured it out, but then that's what we kept saying about Schwarber too. Like every time it's like, Hey, it's click for Schwarber. I don't know anymore. So I'm sitting here wondering, you know, first off with center fielder, I am tired of not having a center fielder that's a natural center fielder. I'm tired of taking convert guys and putting them out there. Uh, I think you are going to see a lot of Ian Happ. I think that when we talk about guys that are going to be traded, Jack Peterson is a really good candidate to be traded, potentially across town. Yeah, he'll be a White Sox soon, I think, too. Right. So you're going to end up with a situation, though. Remember, the Cubs are like, you can hit against whoever you want. I think you're going to see other teams be like, we want him. but He's only, you know – He's only going to be facing uh, what you call it, righties. You know what I mean, and not lefties and stuff like that. So I think that's that's the thing that you're going to see with with Hap. He is going to have his chance to play every day, but 
this year. Yeah, that's and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing right. what he can do. And and I really do think that maybe if they just put him out there, I, I feel like it just, you know, stop and start and start and stop. And, you know, he had that monster um he had that monster uh spring a couple years ago, and then he came out and it was absolute dog shit. He hit the he hit the first ball of the season out of the park. <laughs> first pitch. and then uh, the first pitch of the season out of the park, and then he got sent down like within a month because he was it, terrible. Man. Not only did he get sent down, he got sent down for a long, long fucking time. time. And then you were like, like we and were then he was wondering where he was. And then he was killing it down at AAA, so they had to bring him back. And then he was really pretty good from then on. And 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 from the end of nineteen through twenty, uh, through twenty, and then, but you just you just wonder what's going on with um, you know, with 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 him and and somebody said in the chat, I think it was Little Yump or something about um. Him being uh, mentally, oh no, here it is Wesley 3K said, Hap has made comments that made me think it's a mental issue. He gets in his head a lot. And, you know, he does seem like kind of a sensitive guy. I remember he was hanging out with Joe Madden, drinking wine with him. And, you know, just in, he has a podcast. He definitely marches to a different kind of drummer. He's an, art- I think. He's an artist. Yeah. And like, and so. Yeah, he, he likes doing different shit, and so I, I remember he got in trouble before because he was like doing. That, remember in spring training, he was like doing some promotional shit for the some like car company or something. He was he's always like doing other things, you know. He's got other interests. Um, I I do wonder if if he needs like change of scenery or something. A lot of them like, do. Well, we were we were I talking right. I don't remember if we were talking in the green room or if it was on the podcast about what we're willing to put up with the retool or rebuild or whatever. Yeah, are you here for it? Are you here and, for a rebuild? Or well, tool? and what I was saying that time is that if we're going to do it, I want to see the guys get opportunities, go out there and actually play. I want to see the young guys play. I don't want to see a bunch of uh, middling Fucking one million dollar guys getting all the starts. Yeah, Yeah, all the starts all the time. And this is sort of that situation, right? Like you got Ian Hap, and he's been your guy for so long. Just fucking let him go now. Like let him play his way on or off this team. But this is one of those situations where here we are, we're out of the play. Like the season's fucking dead, and they're still going to you know, platoon the guy and move yeah. him around. And for no I mean, reason. They yeah. had him play fucking second base. You remember seeing him play second base? Like, yes, he was <laughs> a second baseman four years ago or some shit like that. But like, I couldn't believe when I saw him actually in the starting lineup at second, like quit fucking around. Just let the guy play and see what he can do. Well, can we talk about Here's, pitching now? Real quick though. At the same time, you can make that same argument about Sergio Alcantara, like stop playing Eric Sobar. Just let Alcantara do it. But he's bad. Now, I mean, Alcantara's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's he's I mean, he's batting like one eighty or something like that. I like, would rather see him get consistent at bats than seeing Eric Sogard take one at bat. Yeah, what I'm saying. I get you. Yeah, I got well, you. And, let the man go. Let, and let Joe said Eric Sogard's a fucking three hundred pitch hitter. So sit him on the fucking bench. Put Alcantara, uh, Alcantara out there, and then you know use Sogard where he might actually be. Productive. No, I think he should be gone in general. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a time. There was but a time if you're when going to use him for okay anything. He was, yeah, he was good as a pinch hitter for the first two months of the season. Yeah, if you're going to do anything with him, that's what you do. I mean, unless you have another guy that you can throw in there at pinch hitting, 
you know, which I don't think you packages packages ass in a Rizzo trade or something, and then all of a sudden the Cubs will reach their eighty five percent threshold. You know, like, you think that's why they didn't trade Sogard or cut him because they're worried about union backlash for his personal beliefs or whatever. Could be. I mean, I, I know I've thought about I all that. I mean, so you you take it in front of an arbitrator, and here you go, Exhibit A. Yeah, yeah. his batting average. Yeah, let me show him booting a ball with the bases loaded the other night, and then that's all you need. You know, you know, right, you know. Right. Then you get your verdict. Oh yeah, leading leading to that horrible so, inning. Yeah, okay. so uh, let's do let's do throws. Let's throw up our hands to the Lord. All um, right. It's funny that Joe's on here because Joe was getting on me about this very issue the other day on Twitter. Kyle Hendricks is running away with the throws. Pitcher wins are stupid, but he's on track for 20 this year. He has a 377 ERA, which is amazing since he finished April with a 754 ERA after five starts. Since the beginning of May, he's been below a three ERA and hasn't been hung with an L since May 9th. Now, that might be because David Ross is managing by the book and rarely lets him get more than 93 pitches. He's only let Kyle throw more than that twice this year, and he hasn't been allowed to go seven innings since the end of May, even though Ross says he needs the starters to take more innings. You know, so I I posted this the other day, bitching about uh, Ross pulling him at 93 pitches when he could have gotten one more inning and Joe, you came on and, and kind of gave me shit that I'd be bitching if he blew that game. Which was unfair to you, but I feel like a lot of fans, I feel like I only responded to you because I've, we've talked before and I, we're cool. Um, but at that moment, I didn't mind the pull. There are some times where I do mind the pull. Um, I know they've been handling Adbert with kid gloves, and that was the plan before the season even started. There was talks of shutting. They were like, oh, they'll shut down Adbert in August, or they'll have times where he goes on the 10-day IL for no reason other than just to rest him because, you know, this was supposed to be a transition year, whatever they're wanting to rebrand it. And with with Kyle, though, I gave Madden a lot of – not Madden, I'm sorry. I gave – well, I guess I'm kind of talking about Madden. I gave Ross a lot of credit because last year Kyle was like seventh or eighth in innings pitched through a complete game shutout on opening day. He let Hendricks go way deeper than Madden ever did. And that was something that bothered me about Madden. Look, there was a lot I liked about Madden, but the one thing I thought was like, he went to the bullpen a little too soon on, on Hendricks because he thought, oh, this guy throws 89. I don't want the third time through and all that kind of stuff where I agree. You got to manage the game by feel a lot of times because yeah, there are times where a hundred pitches, give him the hell out of it. And then there's other times where it's like, it's 100 pitches, but it's been an easy 100 pitches, not a lot of stress, not a lot. And the other team is begging for you to take them out. So why make them happy? I feel like overall, though, I give maybe in contrast to Madden Ross has been a lot of better in letting Hendricks go deeper. But I can understand your argument by saying let him go even deeper. It's just baseball nowadays going seven innings is like going nine. The other issue you guys got to keep in mind, too, is what they've talked about is being very careful with pitch load as far as when you say, I need my starters to go deeper, that I don't think was ever being directed at Hendricks. I think that was being no. directed at everybody not named Kyle Hendricks. So yeah. the concern is health, the health of these guys. And so they're going to try to be very careful and say, you know what, he gave us what we need. He's done. Could he give you one more? Yes, but why push it? If something happens to Hendricks, oh, good Lord. 
Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> you might, I understand that, but the whole thing with Hendricks, the whole thing with Hendricks is that he's not a, a massive arm torque guy that a lot of these hard throwing pitchers are. He works the he works the batteries. He does this stuff, and I get it. Ninety, you hit ninety pitches, you start to look at your pitcher and see where he's at, right, and pay attention, and then get a feel for whether he goes out there again. That whatever. My problem is. When you see it come up, that stat that Danny just had up there, you see fucking uh, 92, 92, uh, 83, 83, which I don't even understand, uh, 87, 92, 93, 90, 93. His longest outing this year was against San Francisco at 101 pitches. They had a no, 105 against oh, Detroit. Oh, that was yeah. an eight inning, and okay. he actually had a Maddox going early. Yeah, and then Crowley and I were at up. that game. Yeah, he kind of blew up a little bit late, and I totally understood that. Like, yeah, you pull him, but he went 105 pitches. Like, I wasn't like, oh, he needs to get the complete game in that situation. No, the one against the Giants, that was the one where they actually let him go because they were like, we need somebody to go deeper because our bullpen's fucked right now. And so he got a few extra pitches in that game. But it makes me think that the front office came down hard on Ross after that 105, 6.1 inning outing, or 101, 6.1 outing. And I think Ross is now, there is no fucking like paying attention to what's going on in the game. I think he's just pulling him. Once he hits that 90, it doesn't matter if he's got one out, two outs. He's the Book Giambi of managers. Yeah. <laughs> Not really paying attention I, to what's going I, on. I in the think game. the front office is fucking calling, like, called him on the carpet after he went 101 pitches in 6.1 innings, you know, and they said, you can't do that shit anymore. Well, he's, and now because like, he's gone six innings ever since. Do you remember uh, when, a few John Baker days ago and uh, Baker talked about why he ended up even pitching in that game? Because they had other pitchers. Pedro Strope did not pitch in the John Baker game. And uh, but the Cubs wanted to save his arm. And they were like, I don't care that it's a tie ball game. A lot, a lot of times you only see a position player pitching in a blowout. So why did Baker play in a tie game? It's because they wanted to preserve Pedro Strope's arm and not hurt him. And there were a couple guys in the bullpen at that time. And I think, and I think right now, like you look at them, all right, Brian is Hammy's little banged up. Okay. Well, let's rest him for a couple of days. Like they're not going for it. They're not trying to really win any of the games. They're more looking at it from, uh, you know, uh, hell, uh, zoom out a little bit and you see that they're not, they're just now preserving trade value. They're, you know, I wonder that about Hendricks, for example. Right, but, like, but this maybe, all started in in June when they were in it. Like they were still in it when this fucking started, right? Well, yeah, I mean, in in May, which the Cubs had a great May, he that that giant seven innings, but he hasn't pitched seven innings in a game since May twenty seventh. All of his June was six innings, and what did he do the other night in the win um, against uh, the Padres? A point one. Against the Padres, that was a 4-3 game, and they pulled him with 75 fucking pitches after six innings. Yeah, three three runs on seven hits. I mean, it wasn't great, but he had given up two home runs. I mean, and that is the knock also on Kyle is that he has, like, you know, you give him the throw. He's given up a lot of home runs this year. He he had 20 home runs on the year, which is tied uh, with Robbie Ray. 
uh, for second in the league. Mike, Mike Fultinowitz is number one with 24 uh, in Texas. And, you know, Texas sucks. So Texas is a fan box. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everybody, a quick message, uh, last interruption of the show. I, I want you all to join our Patreon campaign. Why? Well, you get the show early, ad-free, and you help the Sunranto show stay on the air. You know, we got bills to pay. We got a website hosting uh, due real quick. Uh, we've got uh, our uh, stream yard that we've got to pay for. We got tickets and beer. We got There's expenses, people. There's expenses with keeping the show on the air, and you should help us pay for it. Um, Go to patreon.com slash sunranto, patreon.com slash sunranto, patreon.com slash sunranto, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-o-n-r-a-n-t-o, and become a patron today. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. There are 105 other Cubs fans that have done exactly that, and you should join them because it really helps us keep the lights on. Please help the Sunranto Show stay in the air, patreon.com slash sunranto. You can pay all at once. It's like $10. If you buy each one of us a beer... At the ballpark for doing the show, that's like $3 level. If you want the photographs and you want the uh, music, it's $5 level. If you want to get your name on the end of our live recording as a, as a special supporter of the Sun Ranto show, that's a $10 level. I know some of you guys can afford it. Um, if, you're, if you love Cubs baseball and Cubs talk and you want to help us out, then please become a patron. Patreon.com slash and I won't bother you again about this because you'll be getting the free ad-free feed straight to your Patreon account. But you don't you gotta listen to ads like this one. You could you don't need to. You don't need to. One dollar will change all that. Patreon.com slash Interesting, though, if you remove the two Brave starts, if you pull up Kyle Hendricks' numbers again, if you remove those two Atlanta starts in April, he's had a pretty awesome year. Yeah, dude, seven runs. Bad one against Pittsburgh, too. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like he hasn't given up more than three except for those three starts. He, he's, yeah, he's and, and that's amazing. And that's why it drives me insane to every time he gets near the 90, he's an immediate pull. Like, if, if we saw. Him go, uh, you know, if we were looking at this and we saw seven innings, seven innings, seven innings, and he was getting pulled at 93 pitches, that makes a little more sense because then you're only getting two more innings out of your, you know, but every game, six innings, 93 pitches, like he can't go two, I don't know. It, it yeah. just feels like, well, let me put up the it's numbers. more about it being on the book rather than on the game. So regardless of uh, the, the fact that everybody thinks he's being pulled early, he is the starter that has gone the deepest uh, in games. He's got 105 innings for pitched this on, team, though. for this <laughs> team. Yeah. But if you look at I'm, I'm, I'm putting up uh, our starters and it's not been good. Um, these are the guys that have started baseball games. Hendricks, Arietta, Zach Davies, Adbert Alzelay. Um, lie, uh, Trevor Williams, Alec Mills, Cole Stewart, Robert Stock, Keegan Thompson. And really, if you look at these numbers, it's pretty bad. Um, you know, the, the guy's got the ERA, uh, that's exactly the same as Kyle Hendricks is Alec Mills pitched a no hitter last year and then got thrown in the bullpen. Um, I feel like he just deserves a starting rotation spot at this point. Um, you know, who else we're going to see? I mean, Keegan Thompson hasn't been super impressive. He's mostly pitched out of the pen. 
Uh, for a young guy, you're just kind of like, let the man play. But no, the starting rotation has been really the a huge weakness of this team. Uh, the bullpen has been a strength. Uh, I'll put up those numbers. Now, I would have gone for a thrower, uh, Cotton. I would have gone for maybe one of the bullpen guys. Well, like, I, I did add uh, one line at the end of this. Like, yes, also Kimbrel. He's my second guy because he was great back when the Cubs actually had a use for him. But we haven't seen him in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's like Point, 0.57 ERA on the year. I think that- he's still good. But I just don't know because I never see him anymore. Well, he's got 54 strikeouts in 31 innings, and the Cubs lead the league in strikeouts. And he's not the only one that's up there, too. I mean, you look at a guy like you don't think a Rex Brothers is being good. He's got a 358 ERA, which is decent. It's like, you know, right there where you'd think of it. But he's also got 53 strikeouts, one less than Kimbrell in a same amount of innings. So, uh, you know, the Cubs – have uh teams uh teams can't get the ball <laughs> right, but, but three more earned runs <laughs> yeah well but uh but no the bullpen has been a huge strength you got chafin i think has been had, is a i think a better pitcher than kyle's been i think uh tapera has been awesome for us he's run, in, run into a little trouble recently but the strikeout numbers are there for this team um even Keegan Thompson is up there, 31 strikeouts to 16 walks, 184 ERA uh, out of the pen. Um, you know, it's just – it's been awesome. I would give it almost the throws to the entire bullpen. But can we do the blows? Yeah. All because right. that's – yeah. You got to play the thing. Yeah, I, I do, but I have to find the thing first, oh. and then and then, I, and then we will play the thing. And it is here. You just put your lips together and blow. Yeah. Who blows? This was Jake Arietta all day. He has six starts in which he didn't make it through the fourth inning. He went six innings and looked serviceable as a fifth starter in his first six starts by hitting six innings three times, but he hasn't done that since May 14th, and he hasn't finished the second inning in his last two starts. Jake is over. It is – there is no point for him to – be on this I don't want to say on maybe not on the roster I don't know I think you throw him in the bullpen and just see if he has any sort of anything to help this team but he shouldn't be making starts yeah he's uh only managed 74 innings on the team uh, uh which is less than Alzali uh it's not been good I'm gonna put up his Last few games um, since to, we went to the IL. Uh, this isn't the last one, but uh, the uh, he's just been absolute dog shit. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that first six month. runs, a couple, t- three times, uh, five runs a bu- uh, once, seven runs. It's just uh, it's unplayable at this point. Yeah, if you look at that first month, you're like, okay, we can deal with the one bad game, right? Because six, six, five, five, six. Uh, you know, he's given up three earned runs was the most in that in a single game in that like he was like, oh, this is OK. And then he had the seven run blow up, you know, didn't make it through the fourth. But you're like, OK, then six, five, five. You're like, well, this is not so bad. And and then it's just fucking falling off the. Yeah, the it fell cliff. off a cliff. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's the sad thing to me too about Jake Arrieta is that we and we said this on the last show. We already said goodbye. We already said goodbye to Jake, and then we had to say hello and, we, and get fake excited about it. And then uh, now we have to say goodbye again, but this time we hate him, and it's and he's like unvaxed and like. You know, he already had become a Philly and I'll help you pack guy and, and, uh, you know, the QAnon Trump dude. And, you know, we had already, we were done with Jake. Jake was was done. And the only reason that they signed him was nostalgia. Like it really, they were, I mean, there's always hope. I mean, I don't think anybody's getting signed because they're like, well, we know he's going to, you know, only throw three innings a game and he's going to fucking suck but we're going to give him $6 million. No, they don't do that. They, they do it because they do hope he figures it out. But the bigger thing was sort of a nostalgia. We know this guy, he's our buddy a little bit, you know, let's bring him back into the fold. And that didn't work out for him. The little yumper writes in Tyson Miller couldn't have done worse. And they released him. Yeah. It's just like, why, you know, the, by the way, the Rangers picked him up after we released him, and then the Rangers released him a week later. So Tyson Miller's a free agent if anyone wants him. Right. They could, they could, other teams haven't picked him up. They could still go get him. No, uh, Robert Stock was the one, like, he yeah, went out and had him. a good game for the Mets, and he's the one that actually might have some upside, and they let his ass go for nothing. Yeah, he throws hard. Uh, now, here's 31. a question. Yeah, here's a question for you guys, though. Uh, does Jake Arrieta finish the season with this team? I hope so, because I'm rooting for well, losses and low attendance. Because if they <laughs> lose a lot of games, like, think about it. If they lose a lot of games, helps their draft position. And if they keep losing, attendance goes down, which will make the Ricketts think, oh, shit, we built up all these bars, restaurants, and a hotel around a ballpark. And I, we all have friends who work at bars in Wrigleyville. When they're bad, bad, yeah, you might have 28, 30,000 people at the game, but the bars afterwards are a ghost town because nobody's like, let's get drunk after a loss. No one's going to Murphy's or Bernie's or your fancy hotel or all the other names of bars I can't remember now. Big country, Texas star. I don't know what the fuck they're called. But like, <laughs> they're there. You're not going to, the new Taco Bell Cantina is going to be sad looking. And all this I that's I need something that tells them, hey, you better spend because to me, there's no excuse not to spend this offseason. There really isn't. You don't want Baez or Rizzo or Bryant back. That's fine. Go get Correa, Seager, and Freeman. I don't give a shit. But show me you want to win because Fangraphs just gave us the 18th best farm system. After these trades, we might be closer to like I don't know top 15 in in terms of farm system. So the farm system is on the rise, and you have all this payroll. Why not be a big market team and compete while rebuilding it makes yeah. no sense to just My, punch the season and I'm, I'm obviously going off assuming there'll be baseball which we know there probably won't be right. i'm trying to take that out of the equation for the sake of yeah, no, I, th- I think we should i think we should assume there's baseball yeah. until we know there's not right no, I, yeah uh, yeah joe i was talking about this two shows ago i think my concern with what you're saying is uh i'm with you that's that's the best case scenario low attendance gets them like kicks them in the ass because we all know that winning makes money, right? Winning makes money no matter what. And losing loses money. Unfortunately, my worry is that they're going to become the fucking pirates rather than the Steinbrenners, right? They're not going to look at it and go, well, let's go fucking throw some money to get people come up, come back and we'll compete every year. They'll go the, 
pirates route and they're like, well, let's just get some draft picks. And, you know, maybe once every 10 or 15 years, we will have a three year window where these guys are under control and we have a chance. And then we're fucking back to doing nothing. That's my concern. And it's even worse in this market because unfortunately they'll still make more money than the fucking pirates. Yeah, because they're making a lot of cup snakes, $30,000 cup snakes out there. Like, it's going to take a, you know, like, Joe, you said, you told me that you're boycotting until the Cubs play. You were going to go today. But it's a free ticket. And on a rooftop, too. You weren't going to go in there. Uh, so it was a free ticket. But So you'll go if the ticket's free or, or something like that. Or, or you I help out have, your season ticket holder friend by, by purchasing one would, of his, right, Carl? Sure. I would do that too. Sure. I would, of course, help out. We we'll just regard. go in there. We'll sneak in some hand sandy. You know how it goes. I love Wrigley. I love the Cubs to death. But if there was ever a time in my life where I could take the position, if they don't spend, I don't spend. It's this upcoming year. Yeah. You know, I'm still going to watch every game. I'm going to listen on the radio. I'm going to support in that fashion because I can't not. I have to. You know, if they're yeah. playing, I'm going to want to know what happens. That's who we are, right? Yeah. But I figure if there's any time in my life to not go to the games if they're not going to spend, it's while I have two little kids who are still too young really to enjoy games, you know, and and, and I, I do want to send a message because I definitely think there's no reason. My one – I was talking to Lawrence Holmes on the score, and he thinks that they will spend this offseason because, as Crawley mentioned, they got a TV network that needs ratings and people need to go to the hotel, and it would be too dumb of them not to spend. And he also thinks Ricketts secretly misses – being the guy that could kiss babies and shake hands. And during the, <laughs> when there was no baseball, well, when there was no baseball, it was easy for him to just stay away from that. You know, the 2020 right. season was so easy for him to just be like, I'm going to look at this like a business, fire him, fire him, fire him, fire him. But now he's showing up. And I, I've got a couple of friends who said, we saw him in the first inning. People started yelling stuff. And Carly we never saw him, saw him again. No, so, you, like, Carly I mean, saw you will be day. booing next year. Yeah, yeah, you won't be booing Marquee Network in a year. <laughs> um, Crawley saw him the other day and had one of those like awkward ex-girlfriend conversations. Where it was like, so everything's well with you? Yeah, it's going well. <laughs> I mean, I just thought that, that was, was really awkward. Well, so I'm always at uh, Lucky Doors, and usually that's always good uh, people watching. And But I saw him, but by the time he passed me, he was going into the stadium. And I'm like, hey, Tommy's like, go ahead. And just like kept going totally like we, we like back in the, when we first bought and from like 10, 2010 to 2015, 16, we would talk like for like 20, 30 minutes before or after a game or just around here. And like the last couple of times I've seen him, it's been very obvious. He's kind of moving quickly, but like he actually came up and talked to us a little bit on the way back. So now I see him. I'm like, oh, hey, Tommy. So he Maybe that was the same day that Joe's friends were yelling at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, I do agree that he kind of misses being the guy. You know, I, I could see that, you know, and he, he's got such a bad rap from, you know, shows like this and, and, and well, general, you know, everybody's you know, he, general He's, he's got a presence. bad rap because he, he fucking fired every goddamn person that he could in the pandemic, you know, yeah. to save money. I mean, Theo and, cried. Theo cried it, about all the people that got fired. And it feels you know? to me like he's, he's a – he's got the corporate mentality of the way that you make money is to cut money rather than the way that you make money is to, you know, that is the fear. Make it better. That's the fear that he'll end up being PK Ricketts, you know, and it'll just be like, Hey, the fans will just come out of here and make cup snakes and spend 12, bu- 12 bucks. Come see beer my and- beautiful hotel. Yeah. Why does Crane Kenny get to keep his job? I know we're going <laughs> to ask him that. Why? Nine years we've been doing this show, Joe. And we've been saying that since the very beginning. 
Well, he messed up the renovation budget because it looked like Ricketts was going to be the owner we all wanted, right? They they yeah. They, yeah. they, they hired Theo, which yeah. was an expensive hire because of his reputation and deserved his value in a couple rings in Boston. They went and got Madden. Like if they were a team that didn't care about winning, they don't go get Madden when they can, right? They don't yeah. do stuff like that. So it showed that they were doing all the right things. And yeah, every organization, even the smart ones, we're going to have some dips here or there. That happens, right? Then all of a sudden, after 2018, it was a hard stop, right? No more spending. And that just didn't make sense. And then we find out, oh, they went almost twice the renovation budget. But then, oh, that doesn't leak to the baseball budget. Bullshit. bullshit. It clearly did. It clearly did, right? The thing that kills me about this, though, is it's, it's not Tom that owns the team. It's the whole family. In this family is not doing that. I I believe 2018, maybe it was 2019, was also the year that they sold their TD Ameritrade for like 26 billion dollars. They only billion. made a few billion off of that though, because they only own like 10 percent of it, but only yeah. a few billion. Well, yeah. Only a few. Only a I few know, billion. Correct well, me on know. that when I said it wrong. So you, you can't even right. buy a decent yacht for you know 300 million these days. So like, yeah. what are you gonna do? But, this but it's, yeah, it's one of those things that it feels like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to make us, they know that most people can't conceive of that money. They can't. Right. Yeah. So they make you feel like it's your house. And at my house, I can't lose 500 million. Everybody knows this. <laughs> so when they say it, that's what they act like. You know, when in, in reality, they have revenue streams coming from all over the fucking place. Like, it's not just this team. This is not their – this is their fucking hobby. This is not their uh, their job, their business. They want it to make money, and guess what? It always has. They have not lost a single fucking dime in a year since they've bought this team. It has never been not I mean, even even last night i got a 20 dollar bleacher ticket last night last minute and uh you can see the attendance here thirty nine thousand three sixty eight. that's not who actually was there it didn't get that full but that's how many tickets they sold and so they they made their money i i, I bought a, a ticket the off of, of the season yeah that's a and and this is uh the game on well, friday it's 36, on a saturday in june like, Those tickets yeah. were paid for a long time ago. I feel like they had twenty eight thousand right. on Wednesday. They Those tickets were paid for in when they were released, right? Because the tickets haven't been released since day one. They release tickets as they go this year, right, Carly? Like, they, well, after, now it's all yeah, now it's all right. They opened it all up, but they when they opened it all up, that's when those tickets got sold. You know what I mean? So they got sold in June. Or late May, whenever the fuck they opened it, and everybody, everybody bought it, bought it because was, the Cubs were in first place. That was a ninety dollar killing and, it at the time. That was a ninety dollar bleacher ticket last night, by the way, yeah. that I got for twenty bucks because it was raining. Like twenty bucks keep, out the door with mind, the fees. Yeah. So keep in mind, the majority of those that have already paid were again season ticket holders, and then like Michael said, then then they opened it. Like they had a lotto system prior to try and get tickets. And then once they finally opened, people found games like Cub Sox, Cub Cardinals that they wanted to go to, yeah. uh, especially on the weekends. It was the perfect time for that shit to open up, too, because the Cubs were in first place. And, you know, or if they weren't in first place, they were, like, right within a game or so. But they everybody bought all the tickets for the rest of the season. So you're going to see those numbers stay in that, you know, 
35 to 39 range all year, even though we all know that that's not how many people are there. Well, if you do want to go to any games, I suggest you use the Sunranto StubHub link. I'm going to, going to put it put it in the chat here, uh, sunranto.com uh, forward slash StubHub, and then you just click on our ad, and then uh, somebody uh, clicked on it and actually bought tickets. We have one conversion now, um, and by, we get 1% of the final sale. Unfortunately, uh, they only uh, bought $30 worth of tickets, and uh, so that's 30 cents in the Sunranto coffer. <laughs> So uh, don't don't spend it all in one place, us. <laughs> Imagine what that's going to be worth in like a hundred years, Danny. Uh, it's going to uh, be great. Exactly, because inflation works that way. <laughs> great. Um, so yeah, sunredzone.com slash StubHub. Um, let's look at a little bit forward here, and then we'll end the show. Uh, we, the rest of the July, we got the All Star Game coming out now. Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell are All Stars. Um, who cares? I mean, I mean, honestly, well, because, I, I hate the fucking all-star game. I, I think the all-star game is the dumbest fucking game. Is, is KB even going to go? I guess. Right? Because he, he just had a hamstring issue. He he had one at bat on Friday night. He Hit did play all day yesterday, but I mean, I, I guess he probably goes because he, he, he'll only have to play for like 10 minutes, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, he, he goes. Go. Kimbrell goes. I mean, that's a great showcase for these guys for a trade. And then uh, we come out, and we're in Arizona. Um, you got a 8.40, 840 Central. T- uh, well, actually, that's – yeah, I guess it's 8.40 start because of West Coast, and then a 7.10 start um, and a 3.10 start. We have in Arizona on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then you got St. Louis, and then Arizona back at Wrigley. There's a Bleacher Bum Band show on the 24th, by the way, which is Saturday. July 24th, um, and then uh, we, we see Cincinnati at home. Then we go to D.C., and um, then uh, in – let's see, I got the wrong thing up there. Then in August, we got D.C. and Colorado on the road. I mean, the, it's so fucking frustrating because this is the month we were waiting for. Yeah. It's, if they could have gotten through June without completely imploding, this month you should have – yeah. Should have been just wins on wins on wins. Arizona sucks. St. Louis Yeah, St. Louis isn't good. DC isn't good this year. Um, they're probably selling too. And then uh, you look at your Colorado. Your Colorado right after that. You could have really made hay the last two two weeks. And you still might. I mean, it'd be really frustrating if you actually won games. <laughs> uh, and got back into it as as Milwaukee lost. Uh, the White Sox come in in early August. Um and then you got uh, Milwaukee, Miami, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Colorado, the White Sox again. So we're seeing the White Sox a couple times in, in August. I wonder what our team will look like then. And then um, in September, uh, you've, it's, you also could have made a little hay. You know, Pittsburgh's not good. Cincinnati's middling. Philadelphia's middling. San Francisco's a surprise. Minnesota's not great this year. Pittsburgh. I mean, you, you don't this have season, a real hard end of this year is kind of what I'm saying. absolutely set up perfect for the Cubs if they could have just gotten through June without all the – without, you know, maybe maybe half the injuries, you know. Half the, they half get, the losses. They get through – well, I'm saying if they had half the injuries, you know, maybe they get through a few more games – they just played five hundred in June. Yeah, yeah, and then they and then they actually do. They're kind of backed into buyers, and they get 
one extra pitcher, which because we know they're not going to get a bunch, but maybe they get one extra starter. Uh, Jake goes to the fucking, you know, wherever the, the and, and yeah you put mills in there you 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 get a little depth you get another like number three type like a quintana sort of situation and, yeah. and then all of a sudden a, you make a run toward the a end and we win a division it's possible that this team as bad as it feels like they are right now this team most definitely could have won the division this year with the way that the schedule lays out for them it's just that the big well first they started like shit they shouldn't have done that. That was terrible. Yeah, they lost but to the then, Pirates a bunch, you know. Yeah, like, but then June. June killed them. Even with as bad as they were in April, June killed them. And if they could have just made it through that, like we, – Shoulda, woulda, coulda. It's over. Yep. We, the dream we, is over. We, what can we I say? We could have had a division-winning team, and we could have been having so much more fun in these conversations. Yeah. Instead, we're just complaining and wondering how it's going to get deconstructed. So uh, that's a perfect transition. Today we're going to talk about – Taking a rectal temperature. Do we have to take it rectally? Yes. <laughs> Everybody, what's your what's your temperature? What what are you looking at for the second half of the year? Like, give me like a win total. I mean, how many games are left? Um, I mean, uh, let's see. There is 90. 90. 72. So seventy two games. So is this a team that can go? You know. 42 and 30. <laughs> I mean, no. so thir- uh, 36 and 36 is a 500 record. So where are you above or below 36 wins, I guess, is a good way to put it. I'll go first because I got I to gotta dip. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, um, no, we all should. This, this show's way too long anyway. But <laughs> it's been every fun, time Ryan. I start drinking, the show gets long because I can't move people along. I'm like, yeah, keep going. I want to rant a little bit longer. Help beat your hangover. Uh, then I thank you both, all three of you guys, for having me. This is great. I'm a big fan of what you do. Yeah. I'm going to say 38 and 34. I think there'll be a little over 500 because I think I saw that month of September. Yeah. It'll be one of those things where – do you guys remember the, the last two months of 2014, the Cubs were like 31 and 29? Yeah. I could see something like that, you know? What it's I'm a looking John for, Baker effect. Yes, definitely. What I'm looking forward to is seeing Justin Steele get a shot in the rotation, which they're stretching him out, and he looked great in Iowa today. I think he – uh, went three and two thirds, but they, they pulled him because of pitch count, not because of, he gave up no runs and like one hit and struck out like six in a very short amount of time. So throwing 95, 96. So that's a good sign. And then I'll try to enjoy what's left of whoever remains because I know a lot of people are, I, I try to warn people, don't look back in anger because this, the last seven years, if I would have told you on April 1st, 2015, the next seven years, we're going to win a world series, go to the playoffs five times, three LCS is all that. We'd be like, yeah, I'll sign me up. It sucks. Uh-huh. It sucks. It's ending this way, of course. But it, you know, we have to be in the acceptance phase of our five stages of grief, right? Yeah, that's right. So, it's honestly amazing. It's amazing that it's ending this way. You know what I mean? Like it, it almost mind-boggling that it could end like this. This is exactly how I thought it was going to end. <laughs> so this is, you know, it, and it's funny you bring up the five stages of grief. You got denial, anger, bargaining depression and acceptance. And I think we are at about acceptance on this show. Like yeah, I think Bill, Sugis, Bill Sugis was asking me, where's my big rant? Uh, honestly, I don't have it. This is kind of what I told you guys. I thought even when, even at the most optimistic I was, 
I said 84 wins for the season. If we go back to the round table, I said around 83, 84 wins is what I happened. I think they're going to finish with about 78, 79 wins is where I got them. But it's, it's, I've accepted it. I'm frustrated because I really was hoping in the offseason when we still had you and Kyle add one pitcher and then try to really hope to kind of do something. And instead they went the other way. They subtracted. And so I thought that they deserved better to try to go out in a blaze of glory, one last shot, one last run. And that, that's clearly not what happened. And that's where my frustration lies. My frustration, I, I probably would say, like, out of all the years, this is probably one of the most frustrating I've been in a very long time as a Cub fan. And it's just in general, whether you're talking about team the ownership and the fan base I put them all you know seeing like I said a close game and you're doing cup snakes in the second inning like get the fuck out of here like seriously what's wrong with people doing the wave you don't do it you dipshit and if you don't like it get out and yeah guess what I will tell you how to fucking fan because you don't know (laughs) shit you don't know it's really easy for all these people that don't go to games that don't spend money that turn a tv on off to be like yeah let people have fun how they want fuck you that's that's there's my rant for the day is I'm so pissed at everybody and everything going on here. And and in some of the social media garbage and everything, I'm just like, this is probably, like I said, probably the last time I felt this fucking shit was probably like 2010, 2011, which is like 10 years ago where I'm just kind of like tired of everything, everybody. And it's like, fuck this. Like I said, next person that doesn't wave in my section, I'm going to punch him. Like, literally. <laughs> right there you go. Oh, this, this, this show will be used in court, I I fear. <laughs> I'm going to walk away on that now. Crawley, the yeah. boss, Danny, Michael, yeah, he's, you guys he's, are he's, he's threatening people, so you better go, Joe. <laughs> All right, th- th- thanks, thanks for coming Please. on, Joe. Man, Joe's the best. And if you don't know who Joe Kilgallen is, he's got very funny stand-up comedian. Uh, he's a very funny stand-up comedian. He's got a lot of stuff on YouTube, so you can check out his shows and a lot of his bits that he does. He's he's awesome. Um uh, Wesley 3K writes in puts arms down instantly. Yeah, yeah. You you have to, otherwise you'll get you'll you'll get one to the mouth. Um, yeah, I, I mean, guess w- where my temperature is, I I I'm pretty resigned to this moment. Um, I'm always, you know, we were talking about uh, uh, my friend, you know, our Cardinals fan fr- friend Dennis. I went to the game with him last night. And I was explaining to him how I'm kind of like in the stock market. They call you a perma bear, which means that you're always just looking like like the stock market is going up, up, up. And you're like, oh, there's something's going to drop. There's a credit crisis looming. You're like, you know, that guy paid too much for that house. Like, you know, I'm always negative about things. Well, when you're negative all the time, it's very easy to be right at times like this. You're like, I told you. I told you this team was going to get fucked up. And, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of looking for the bad thing that's going to happen. And now that bad thing is happening. So I feel vindicated in some weird way at this point um, because billionaires will always fuck up everything. The Cubs will always suck. Uh, you know, there's like nothing good will ever happen to us. But the, the, the sad thing is to me, it's like in 2016, I did have a different feeling. And I fanned hard. I went to over 100 games. And then um, in 2017, I went to the, that playoff series against the Dodgers, and I booed Chris Bryant's home run in the last game because I was like, that was a, the most meaningless home run, and you're a meaningless fucking player, and like all that shit. And I, there was a woman out in front of uh, Nisei Lounge. I was the, out down there with John Ferlise from Cubs Insider, and she cried in John Felice's arms. And I remember telling the story on the show and maybe you don't remember, but I, she cried. She was so disappointed that the Cubs didn't win in 2017. And I was like, really, you thought they were going to win. 
Like I, I had no preconception that they would ever win this series against the Dodgers. The Dodgers are way better team than us. And they were, and uh, they proved it by winning all the games except for one. And then, uh, but I've always, I've been a perma bear since then. So my temperature checked is like this. I'm already, I've been in acceptance mode for a while that this was not a team built to compete. I didn't think they were going to do any shit last year. I didn't think they were going to do shit in 2019 when the offense broke in 2018, you know, that nobody was less surprised than me. And, uh, you know, it's just like, it's been going this way. You know, Lyle, Lyle, uh, Aker said on the show, you got to trade somebody and they didn't do shit. Um, you know, this has been a long time coming. The comeuppance, I'm kind of thankful, is coming. I'm I'm glad this team's going to get blown up. I'm interested to see what happens. And um, I dropped the mic there. I'm on. I'm only with you on that if it has the desired effect. You know what I mean? Like like I said, I don't want this team to become the fucking pirates. I want them to become the 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 Yankees. I want them yeah. to be the Steinbrenners, and you know, like. You and no money does not fucking make a champion. But I'll tell you right now, it no helps. money definitely makes a fucking loser. Yeah. Right. So at least try to go for it. I'm not saying they have to be spend the most money all the time because nobody likes when they fucking throw a bunch of money at Morrow and he's thrown on a flat ground, you know, five years later. Like nobody right. wants to see that. I want to see good baseball decisions made. And I want the money to be there to make the good baseball decisions. This team you know should I mean? be at $200 million a year payroll every single year. And if they start at 160 like this year, it should end at $200 and they, million. And, and they have to be able to, like, according to Theo back in the day, they were doing things that were going to open up money in the 19th season. and the Wheelbarrows full of money, in fact, yeah. we were promised. I'm but just, that just it it never it never happened, you know, and it's and it's frustrating that you know, I don't know, it, it's been a mess ever since they won. What they win 90, 95 games and they missed uh, the playoffs by a fucking game, or they were in the wild card or whatever the fuck that was. Twenty eighteen and twenty eighteen, yeah. Since yeah. twenty eighteen, it's been a huge mess. Well, and and you know why it was a huge mess. Is because we won ninety fucking five games, and our team, the owners, the front office, lost their shit, and we're like, "This is a terrible team." They clearly weren't a terrible team. You had a lot of things you could have traded and done and worked on with that team, but you had to change it up. It was the makeup, not the players, in that situation. But they just kept sticking it on the players every single year since and not doing anything different to fucking make it better. Yeah, they've never done anything different. Um, yeah. So my temperature, by the way, 82, 80, 81, 81. I think that's how they finished the year. So 37 more. 36, wins. 36. No, uh, 30, no, 37 more wins. 81, 81. Oh, okay. So they finished 500. Yeah, they finished 500. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm more. I'm a little more pessimistic because I think they do sell off, and um, <clears throat> I don't think they have any depth. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. Uh, you know, I just don't think they have guys to come up. They have Rafael Ortega leading off to bring us full circle on this show. So, so uh, 
Yeah, Jason Hayward cleanup. Yeah, you'll be you'll be looking at that. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that. Like, yeah. Well, this wouldn't be the Sunranto show if we weren't really depressing at the very very end. Um, so uh, I do have one. Right. D- despite Joe Kilgallen co- coming on, who, by the way, if you need to keep your spirits buoyed with this team, follow Joe on Twitter because he's always got. He does his post he's games a- and everything, but he's always got a positive outlook, and it's That's actually. Yeah, it's actually a nice contrast to this show. Yeah, exactly. He, I, I watch him every day. Yeah, so. he'll make you way happier than us. And people are like slitting their, <laughs> slitting their wrists out there in TV land. Um, I've got one TFC. I really feel like Murphy's usually does a pretty good job on their video board or on their, uh, you know, sign signage outside of Murphy's. They really sw- swung and missed last night, I felt. Uh, they, they wrote 11 um, game losing streak. Welcome, Cardinals. Cubs at six fifteen. I was like, really? Like, what are we doing here? Like, you're bringing up a losing streak, and then you're welcoming yeah. the Cardinals. Like, are you saying like, welcome Cardinals? Let's make this a uh, thirteen game losing streak. Yeah, like, here, here's yeah. your opportunity. Here's your opportunity. We suck. I'm like, dude, like, not cool. Um, Murphy's it, is usually pretty good, but lately they have been really bad. And then there was the Britney Spears one the other day. Where we're I still- liked the Britney one, Free Britney. That was great. Carly, you, you disagree. <laughs> Carly's like, Carly's like, lock her up. Lock. What are we talking about again? Britney Spears, right? Didn't you just say, didn't you just say, they, you said they jumped the shark is what you said on your Twitter post on that. Oh yeah, I said they jumped the shark, but I enjoy that. I like, I like when <laughs> shit gets weird. That you like when Ponzi is going over a, like with water skis over a shark pit. Oh it's, yeah, yeah. I love it. What the hell does uh, Wrigleyville and the Cubs and anything have to do with Britney Spears? It doesn't, but you know, but I I do agree that her conservatorship should end. It, uh, it really <laughs> should have been free Rossi, right? Yeah. Because we know that he's, you know, they're making all the free decisions Marisnik. for him. Free Marisnik, let him play. Let Marisnik play. Free Marisnik, you can do a lot of things. Free Britney, lame. You do yeah. better. Um, they, they could put like free Marisnik with purchase of large Marisnik, you know, sure, with purchase of Marisnik of equal or lesser value. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my only TFC. Um, uh, you, you got one. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I got this yeah. one. Frank Ernst, uh, comes out today. You cancel a game with a 1 PM start because of a slight rain at noon. What a coward organization. No wonder they are letting their best players walk to save a couple of bucks. And I always love a TFC that takes one thing that has no, nothing to do with the other thing. Like, oh, you canceled a game because it might rain? Yeah. Well, apparently you're trying to destroy your entire Which, team. Like, what? <laughs> you I got one, Carly? To be on that. You, you oh, got dude, nothing, I, right? I'm, I got nothing, man. So as uh, David Kaplan would say, or go Cubs backwards. <laughs> We haven't had that one in a while. It's yeah. so good. I fucking love David Kaplan. Uh, we have to have him back on the show because I, I guarantee. And by the way, it, it, was there anybody writer than David Kaplan about what was going on this year? I mean, everybody came for his ass so hard telling him he was being a negative Nelly at the beginning of the season. And he was the first one out there being like, they're not trying. They don't give a fuck. You know, he was like the first guy out there. He he knew. Yeah, but I think uh, I'm, I go with Gordon on the podcast usually because I feel like Gordon gets the underlying issues more than uh, I, I agree with Gordon and the underlying issues more than I agree with cap and his underlying issues. 
with this. Right. Team. Gordon has a way of phrasing it that that, uh, that is less less excitable, more spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Cap's the real fan. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like Cap carries a little bit more water for the ownership than uh, I'm comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, like the the 220 million dollar KB offer and being like, you know, cuz that Kaplan is the one that put that out there. Yeah. So, um I got a new song and it's called Hug Watch and uh, I've made a quick video so it's not like a video that I would make that I tried at making a video. I just like got a bunch of pictures of cubs hugging so uh the 12 people that are still watching this show you you're gonna be treated to uh magic really um no i'm gonna make a a better video but i I think the song's pretty good we're all on hug watch and uh if i were chris bryant and i tweeted this out the other day i would be just hugging people randomly just to fuck with the fans (laughs) like in the dugout be like you know just start hugging rizzo and go down to the clubhouse like drink a bit of water come back out you know just that would be everything. absolutely hilarious. I'd enjoy it. Shambi would miss the whole fucking thing. Yeah, he it would be like two innings later, and he'd be like, "Hey, did you did you see this?" He'd still yeah, be motherfucker. About- we all watched it. You yeah, were telling a story about yeah. your fucking shoes. Yeah, exactly. He's like, "Well, I got these wingtips down in Arizona <laughs> one time." And Danny, you actually had to listen to it when you went to that game watch with your oh god, mom, and you bad. texted me in the middle of that, like, "Oh my god." It's bad. My, my, well, my mom, by the seventh inning, she goes, would he please shut up? <laughs> I mean, she. I mean, she's old, so she doesn't give a fuck. So, all right, here's Hug Watch. Uh, Spagog, everybody. Uh, we'll, we'll, I, get, I don't know when our next show is, but we'll have one. Yeah. <laughs> Spagog. Spagog. Hug Watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. Hug watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. Hug watch, what do you got? We traded you Darvish, but we didn't get a lot. Hey, Chris Bryant, I guess I'll see you later. We're filling up the system with a bunch of teenagers. Hug watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. We're saying sayonara to Dirty Craig. Until this year he had a 6 ERA. And Javi, guess it's time to say adios. You should have got extended with Castellanos. We're singing hug watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. Jock Peterson, we'd sure love to have you back. But now Jake Arrieta's gonna help you pack. Arriva, Dirty, to Anthony Rizzo. Oh, why won't Tommy Ricketts pony up the dough? Hug watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. Andrew Chapin was the sheriff of Chicago town, but he's traded to the Padres, now he's wearing brown. Only got Wilson for one more year. I'm not sure where he'll be playing, but it won't be here. Hug watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. Hug watch, watching for hugs. All 
all your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.